Greetings, everyone, and welcome to yet another episodic discussion podcast. This is a special one talking about The Legend of Zelda and the franchise from here. I am your host, Renegade Operative, and I will introduce you to Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, signature link screams. <laughs> I had to get the joke out of the way. Uh, next up is Drobit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excited for this one. Next up is Icy. Hello, hello. Next up is Nikki. Hey, cheers, everybody. Big Zelda fan here, and I am looking forward to talking about it with all of you. Yep, well, in the call with Mr. Coom Goom, who is uh, over there, drop it. But next up is Wasteland. Hello, it's me, Wasteland. Just uh, working hard, trying to get in the podcast. Uh, hopefully my audio isn't too bad. How does it sound now, by the way? You sound a little bit better. It's fine. Okay, cool. All right, so here's the deal. I will not be like fully engaged like last time uh, where I've played like only three Zelda games and that's it. But if it's something to chime in on, I definitely will. But I still will be reading the topics to people and passing the buck. You know how it goes. So we have the first question here. As we usually begin, we must ask the first important one. What is your formal introduction into the Zelda franchise? How did you become a fan in the first place? And I'm going to start with Nikki. Um, I start, this is actually a funny way. I started with Ocarina of Time and um, because me and my dad pretty much speed ran the game when it first came out. Um, I knew all the secrets by the time we all got back from, from uh, winter break. Because I, th I think the game came out around that time. Um, so um, it came out like around Christmas or so. Um, so I, I got the game and a, and a uh, Nintendo 64 for Christmas. And um, we speed ran the game, beat it really quick. And I mean, we beat it to the point, like not fast enough to where we couldn't enjoy the story. But um, we enjoyed the story very much. And because I knew how to beat it, people were lining up and giving me money to teach them how to play the game. <laughs> so that's my first introduction. Real bit, what about you? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, mine's not as exciting, but I think I started with the Game Boy Zelda games. I didn't actually start playing the 3D ones until probably technically like the Wii slash Wii U ones. Those are those are how I got to play Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, and of course now like the newest ones. So I'm gonna but go. Yeah. Not... Oh, go ahead. But yeah, I think I only I first played a Zelda game because my cousin lent me a Game Boy copy, but I think I just forgot to never give it back to him. So I'm going to go next. Uh, since I did say I, I am the noob to this, I have played a few of them. I think my first one was Link's Awakening uh, when I played that on Game Boy. And you know what? I actually did pretty much enjoy that game. You know, all the exploring, dungeon crawling, and monsters within the series. 
And I also play Wind Waker a little bit. I remember they had the GameCube kiosk in the store when I went to Best Buy to pick up Soul Calibur 2, ironically enough. So, of course, they had the ones with Link being advertised in the game on the GameCube as well as Wind Waker. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, actually. So I decided to, you know, go in there and pick that up and play that game for like a little bit when they had that on the display. And I thought it was really interesting for what it was cell shading and you were doing all this other stuff it was just cool to see that up along with the other games in there um and then i played just a little tiny bit of breath of the wild it's very minimal but i remember playing it and that was my experience with most of the series um a very great role-playing game series in my opinion and i think it can only get better from here so Wasteland, what about you? What is your experience with the Zelda franchise? How do you get into it? Wasteland? No, I think. All right, sorry. So I'm going to jump to so quick. Um, all right. With me, I just say it's actually a very interesting story that you got. Uh, I had a friend that was really into Zelda. I just saw it as a regular game at the time, you know. I was young. I didn't really put much importance in brands, consoles, and anything. And he had the strategy guide for Majora's Mask. And he would go on and on about how great the game is and how intuitive it was and all these side quests and all these things. And he was so hyped about it. He lent me the game, uh, which, you know, is unheard of lending a freaking $60, that gold cartridge on the 64 game to someone else. But he was kind enough to do that. And that really appealed to me, just that kind gesture alone. So after that, I played the game and it, it blew my mind. I mean, if Majora's Mask is your first Zelda game and that is, it's just crazy because there's so many side quests in that game and so much hidden content that it, it's ridiculous. You, you can literally, like if you were to buy a 64 and you only had one game to play, like for uh, in a desert island or something, that would be the game because there's so many things to do, so many things to figure out. Uh, the the way the three day cycle goes, um, you can like plan stuff, uh, try to do all the quests all in the three days. It's, it's, it was so crazy, blew my mind, and I just fell in love with the series after that. Good answer, um, Justin. What about you? What is your introduction into Zelda? A very odd introduction to many Zelda fans. This might sound pretty heatheness but my first introduction into the zelda franchise was of all fucking games phantom hourglass and to many avid ones they're like oh that one and then they just they gave that face from soul eater where they mentioned excalibur but i just remember i mean it was the height of it was like one of the, like the ds like what just came out or was it like a year or two i don't fucking remember the exact year, but I remember seeing the commercials for it, and then one day, I think it was at a Walmart or something, I freaking just see the game right there. It's like, wait, this is the game I saw on the DS, and I really needed games for the damn thing, so I'm like, fuck it, why not? It looks looks decent enough. And I ended up getting pretty hooked to it. I Like, as much as there are things that game did wrong, example <laughs> of the Ocean King, I still had plenty of my fun with uh, Phantom Hourglass. Hell, one of my one of my friends uh, actually um, 
in the neighborhood even owned the game. They, they even owned the uh, the the Zelda, like the Golden Zelda DS that came with the game, which I think still think he owns to this day, and that was really cool. And I was pretty much the only other person who, like knew the game so we had our fun like you know trading like you know hey did you get this did you get that and of and of all things it's not just the commercials but i remember like going to this i don't even i don't remember what this outing was for i think it was like going to a barbecue and then just like someone had the game there and they showed me something that i later learned was towards the end of the game but thankfully my dumbass forgot about it and was still surprised later and of all games, yeah, Phantom Hourglass is how I became a fan of the Zelda franchise, and I am still stuck down here in the depths of the abyss with the Zonai. <laughs> I see. What about you? What is your experience with the Zelda series, and how did you get into it? So uh, my experience with Zelda uh, series was uh, mainly I got into it back when I actually had a DS, and my parents had to buy me and my brother uh, the copy of Spirit Tracks because that was on DS, and just overall, the gameplay of it and everything was like very unique, different. Um, you had your evil villain with like that cheeky smile and everything. Like you knew he was the villain, but you always act like that good guy. And, uh, I don't know. It was very different than uh, most of the Zelda games. But otherwise, uh, my experience, like when I was younger, I would like see like different. I remember like seeing like different parts of the games, but I never knew that was like what Zelda was because obviously I was like too young to comprehend. But otherwise, like it was also Zelda was one of those series that my parents would always bring up. Like, yeah, back in my day, we used to play this on the Nintendo 64 and stuff or Super Nintendo, like things like that. So that was my big experience. So after diving more into the DS version, like we started to pick up copies for the Wii and that's how I further got into it. I said, uh, <laughs> way to go. I, I was gonna add on earlier, but you know, they also remade Link's Awakening, right? Uh, I did, I saw that recently, and you know, I mean, it, it's a streamer thing, it happens sometimes you mute yourself, but Discord is being uh, we You're not <laughs> technically a streamer until you've had that happen to you at least once, it's like a rite of passage, yes, yes, so yeah, I mean. I mean, that's what editing is for, thankfully. Oh, yes, absolutely. You you will not see that. I will not see but, that. Uh, anyway, question number two. So I said, what was your favorite and least favorite gameplay mechanic within the Legend of Zelda franchise? And I wanted Drill to go first. Ah, uh, favorite? Yes, mm, and, and least you know favorite. What? You know what? This might be controversial, but I actually like the weapon breaking mechanic. Mainly because it at least allows you to be creative and, you know, having to know which weapons to use. And then they expanded on it in the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, where you can just keep using stuff. I'd say, well, the fuse mechanic is really cool because you can come up with some pretty wild stuff. Like, you can, like you can even put a rocket on your shield and then just be able to, like, run, surf on it and just go at, like, top speed. That's cool. Oh, probably least favorite. I mean, I guess out of all the games I've played. Hmm. I mean, all the touchscreen stuff I didn't care about in the DS ones. Oh, and also there was this, the, the train in the sequel, Spirit Tracks. So yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, OBS is being really weird today, but it is Icy's turn. Icy, what about you? Uh, favorite and least favorite mechanic in the Zelda franchise? So, uh, 
I don't know if this is more of a mechanic or not, but I know uh, back in Twilight Princess, like being able to go into the Twilight Zone and like Link would actually become a wolf rather than just being a human. Like, I feel like that was a very unique thing. And that was uh, one of my favorite parts about Twilight Princess. But uh, the least favorite thing is uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you about the the whole durability mechanics, because I never actually played Breath of the Wild, so I can't really judge too much on it. But from what I heard of it, it's like the durability didn't last as much as it should, it felt like. So that, that's just my perspective I mean... on it. You get used to it very quick, and once you get more powerful weapons, then it's not too bad. I mean, in the sequel, they actually improved on it, and, you know, it, being able to fuse stuff is really cool. Okay, so that's definitely something I can look forward to then when I get to start playing those. But yeah, it's good to know. Hmm, Justin, what about you? Favorite and least favorite gameplay mechanic within Zelda? Oh, that's a bit of a tough question, but I I will say one that I really did enjoy a lot was the mask mechanic from, well, Majora's Mask. I really feel like the various forms, like, not only help with, like, fundamentally and just in general, a lot of them are so fucking useful. Like, like in general, the bunny hood is pretty good for just, like, running in tight spaces. The Goron mask is good when you're trying to get across the field in a timely manner. The Zora mask made swimming bearable. And as much as the Deku Leaf is weak in terms of combat, I did like the the flying stuff, like, you know, earlier. But I like skipping water. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, the, the stone mask just made stealth a non-issue because... Stealth and Zelda games sucks. They need to stop trying to be Metal Gear. Like seriously, e e even even the even the Breath of the Wild duology needs to stop that. It's like I get it, but please, it's not your biggest strengths. But so but so many of them are just so good. And even like if like some of them only have one use, like the couple's mask, it's like the side quest was still pretty good. Like Jorah's mask. Like I mean, that's a different question, but Majora's mask is a pretty good story. And people can, and in terms of least favorite, okay, people can say what they will about the weapon durability mechanic. I have my problems with it, especially since they could have just added a meter in Tears of the Kingdom, and they still didn't. But at least it improved upon it later, especially with the fusion mechanic like Drill mentioned earlier. But the real shit in terms of a gameplay mechanic, I personally believe goes to the fucking harp from Skyward Sword. Way to shit all over instruments in the fucking Zelda franchise. You have something like Ocarina and Majora with the titular Ocarina being simple and effective. All you needed were buttons. The harp has to be one of the worst goddamn things I've ever experienced in my entire life. And it's already from a game that overstates its welcome. It probably has so many more things wrong with it. I can't fathom it to this very fucking day. I don't know if there's a rhythm. I don't know if it's just no, the circle is not a good metronome, people stop it. Sorry, but it is not a good fucking instrument. The songs aren't bad, but it's they're not the best either. And honestly, having to fucking play that damn thing again and again for side quests, especially that one fucking side quest in the goddamn restaurant to impress some musically illiterate dumbass was not one way that I wanted to spend some time when trying to freaking beat that damn thing. <sighs> Rant over. 
I can definitely like agree with the harp. I forgot all about that, but oh my goodness, that was the worst. Hey, 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 lucky that you forgot about the harp. I wish I could forget about it. <laughs> it's been years since I had to do that. Oh, I have, I have things to say about that fucking game in general, but we'd be here all night. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, but let's move on to the WAP. So, Nikki, what is your favorite and least favorite mechanics in the Zelda franchise? Um, oh, yeah, thanks for saying the WAP, the Whopper. <laughs> oh, no, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> um, so I would say, um, I, I guess, can you consider this one a gameplay mechanic? Um, having Zelda as an assist character, more or less? I mean, um, yeah, go for it. You talk about Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, having her be more combat com combative uh, later on from the middle of the series on, like, starting from Ocarina of Time when she threw that big, like, Kamehameha blast at Ganon right at the very end. That was cool. And then, like, having her as, as uh, Tetra becoming the, the princess and shooting the light arrows. And then having her on horseback right behind me during the Twilight Princess uh, horse battle. I, I just think that's really cool to have Zelda as <laughs> more of a combative uh physical combative um assist character on on my side rather than a helpless princess and then her becoming chic and unfortunately um i think chic was left to be desired more in um ocarina of time i would have liked to have seen chic be more combative with that whole like outfit and and all that but um so i think Hi it's great Hyrule to have Warriors. zelda Hyrule yeah Hyrule war exactly smash all that um I would say my least favorite, and I know this was introduced, excuse me, earlier, um, or mentioned earlier, but I honestly didn't like turning to a wolf when I went into the Twilight world. And I don't know why, it just something felt really weird about it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to describe it as well. It just felt just weird and awkward. Wasteland, how about you? What is your favorite and least favorite mechanics in the Zelda franchise? Okay, let me just shut this. My bad, sorry, that was loud. Okay. Um uh when I looked at it closely because my new favorite Legend of Zelda is I I think it might be Tears of the Kingdom because of how creative you can get in it. But that might be my favorite gameplay mechanic. Just, I like. I honestly don't know they're, how they're able to make all that work on a Switch. Just being able to combine so many little things with just, it's basically glue. You're just gluing stuff together and it works somehow. It's its amazing. It, it puts so many developers to shame. It puts so many publishers to shame. I love just sitting down, like looking at the, those dragons and being like, hmm, how am I going to? F up this dragon a day, you know what I mean? And like, what I do is I just sit down and like, I'll make like a mini gun with lasers or a super souped up uh, car with torpedoes in the front. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's something that I've always thought Link of doing because they've always had Link be this sort of Oh, silent protagonism. Oh, I just gotta go do stuff. But I've always felt that kind of mindset works really well with someone that tinkers, that likes to make things, and just adding that to it and giving that extra little 
element of making new stuff all the time and all these people having these unique experiences is, is great. I, I, I love that so much. But as for least favorite mechanic, um, I don't know. It, it's really tough because the Zelda games have always worked like they were supposed to for their time. But I I do remember not liking having to go because uh, I know most of the Zelda, Zelda games did this where they just changed the world like they did it with Ocarina of Time, which a lot of people would argue is awesome, that you can visit the world in the past and the future, and then you can use the differences between them to help you with your your quest. But I feel like it just recycles the map. And I don't know, for me, like I said, it, they probably just did it because it saved money and time and, and effort and all that stuff. But, like, I know they did that with the Oracle of Ages, the Oracle of Seasons. They did that with uh, A Link to the Past, where it's the same world, it's just a dark world. Um, it, it's really overused, and it's not necessarily a bad mechanic, but the fact that they've used it so much that, for me, it's, it's, it's stale now. All right. Good, good questions, though. Good questions, answers. Uh, so we're gonna move on to number three, which is obviously all the weapons that you can deal out damage to enemies within the series. So, what is your favorite and least favorite weapon within Legend of Zelda? And we will go with drill bit first. Favorite weapon. Favorite and least favorite. Um. Honestly, that's probably a hard one because there's been so many. I mean, hmm. I, mean, I guess in terms of the most useful. I mean, there's like, I mean, it it would be cheating to say like, Tears of the Kingdom, since you can just make anything. I mean, you can make like a B B fifty two bomber if you meant to, if you're creative. Like people are making weapons of mass destruction in that game, but in terms of just the default weapons, I guess uh, the hook shot's pretty cool. I'd say that, and maybe least favorite. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ones that are not very useful, so it's hard to pick one. Hmm. All right. Are you done with this question? Uh, I mean, hmm, I guess least favorite would be, uh, I'm not just, actually, I'm drawing a blank on that, so I'll just skip for now. That's fine. I guess we'll move on to the next person, which is Icy, favorite and least favorite weapon within Zelda. And so, I think I'm going to start off with my least favorite. It's more of a least favorite tool or whatever you want to call it. It's like, it's one that always, I just, it comes back to me, I always remember it, but it's like what, a little beetle bug that you have to control like handheld and like you gotta fly it through different areas to be able to like hit different things to cause like different events to happen to open like your new way to go or unlock a treasure or something i don't know it was always one of my well, least favorite things to do is i felt like it was just you mean the story. one in skyward sword yeah yeah that's like the main one i was referring to oh yeah i was never a yeah. fan of it because well i guess it depends on your experience with the motion controls 
but I was yeah. playing the HD version and it was a bit finicky. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like, most favorite weapons, like, I, I don't really have a most favorite. I mean, every sort of tool had, like, its own use for its own different parts of the game. So, otherwise, I, I guess I'll go basic there and just say the Master Sword in general had my favorite. Because, I mean, obviously you kill enemies with it, and it's your most common used weapon throughout the game. Yeah, but what about when it needs to recharge, like, in Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom? Don't, I haven't played those yet, so I couldn't answer that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, so we will move on to Justin. Justin, what do you think of the favorite weapons, least favorite weapons in Zelda? Damn, Discord buttons. Oh, no worry, it happens. Oh, it moved two inches to the right. How about it hit the speaker instead? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching you, you and your furry suits over there in your admin office's Discord. Don't think I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, in terms of favorite, I mean, that's always a bit like, you know, tough as per usual. But if I, if, uh, if I could cheat a bit, I'm going to actually say one of my favorites definitely proved to be like, I'm just going to see the Hyrule Warriors version of the Master Sword. That shit could wreck house in that game. Especially if you went, uh, it went out of your way and freaking. Like, you know, went like Gerard and decided to, like, you know, go for everything. It gets even more freaking powerful. So you can do even more crap to kill stuff in the game. So it's like a never ending cycle of kill this and kill that. Honestly, a lot of the weapons in that game are pretty fucking good, but that feels like its own discussion. And why I say I cheat a bit? Because simultaneously, I love the Master Sword, but I also fucking hate the Master Sword because actually. It was mentioned just a minute ago, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, to balance it, gave it a recharge mechanic in lieu of the durability, which I'd be fine with if the strength stat weren't total garbage compared to some of the other shit you could pick up or hell even fuse in the same freaking game. Like this is supposed to be supposed to be the, like the, a freaking the, the, the blade that the kill the unkillable, the blade that gets shit done, blade that now tips twenty percent. Like, come on! I it's not the fucking best way to balance it out. Or again, what also didn't help was like the durability like mechanic didn't have a proper fucking meter, so you had to guess. It gets the number of swings. It's like, all right, I got how many licks left? And even then, and even then, other thing that still fucking sucks about it, it wasn't. It was never even at full strength unless you're around any gloom or any malice. I, why? Like, why does it choose now all of a sudden? Like, Fi, you're real fucking picky, and I don't like it. You, 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 you need to fucking sit down. You were in the last game that, in that game. And you need to stay in that game. Stop making the Master Sword suck. So, I, I I have a, like, slight question to ask you. So, in certain games, they're nerfing the Master Sword? Well, it's strictly uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom that, like, oh. they have that recharge mechanic because of the game's general durability mechanic, but you, but you can't just have 
at least gameplay wise considering some considering what happened in tears of the kingdom's first fucking trailer that showed off a pretty important event of the game you can't just have it break so it needs to recharge oh I see. it has it has a limit of energy which before breath of the wild no game had i mean i guess and it I, makes and sense again, because... I, and again i could understand the balancing mechanic because you can't just have an invincible freaking weapon here the whole time because then what will be the point of getting all these other weapons they gotta make you use other weapons somehow so the, they had the they problem had the is compromises it's strength stat is like not as much as it should be compared to a whole bunch of other weapons like you can literally fuse a weapon with like fucking 80 power if you know what you're looking for you, you know exactly what to get. There are weapons that could do so much fucking damage in the final boss fight compared to the Master Sword. Hmm, that sounds pretty weird, if you want my honest opinion, but... I'll, 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 say, pretty, just... I'll say kudos on a fusion mechanic, but this is supposed to be, like, the strongest blade in the entire world here. Can I, at least for one moment, get that shown here? Just... Just so I that way I could feel like getting it was worth it. Like, I, it just makes me like I get this image in my head like Ganon sitting there at the end of the game is like, "Ha, you're Master Sword Kid, you're nothing to me." And then Link's just like, "Oh yeah, well I got this weird thing I just threw together, and it's somehow way better than my Master Sword." So I, I'm gonna I, beat you with this I have, instead. I have this long stick that I attached onto another long stick, and it's like eighty power. Oh, right, right. That's exact thoughts I get. And Cannon's like, "What?" That that kind of makes it a lot more hilarious. <laughs> you think about have it. Not to see the freaking videos that actually do that for the for that freak for the for that fucking fight <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. You I... guys are making Tears of the Kingdom sound so unappealing right now. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, it's still a very good look, game. I, I, look, look, Nikki. Here's the thing. That's like one part of like a game that took me like hundred plus hours. There's a lot of fucking game. And you just beat the final boss with a stick and a morphed on handgun, and that's it. <laughs> no, the, the, no, I'll, no, I'll be straight. I fucking love Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I didn't put 100 plus hours into it for nothing. I'll fully recommend it. Like, that's like for it being the only Nintendo Switch game so far that costs $70, for what you got for that $70, I'm like, I think I was just i think i technically robbed nintendo i'm gonna be straight i feel like i technically robbed them because that shit sometimes feel like feels like two games in one game i still wonder what kind of programming magic they did to fit all that shit into a into that fucking cartridge i'm gonna be straight yeah probably a little bit of voodoo you know black magic is some of that stuff that you find down there with the juju and everything so it, it sounds interesting, I'm not gonna lie, but I kinda wanna get to Wasteland and his answer uh, okay. about favorite weapons, least favorite. If he's alive. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm here. Oh. I'm here, I just kinda, I, I gotta, when I, when I hear my name get called out, I panic real quick, and I shovel to get my phone, and then, uh, and then it falls, and then I'll go, oh my god, it's all, and then I gotta pick it up, and then, I, I shuffle, press the button, and I go, oh, no, I don't know how to press buttons. So, okay. Okay, you guys ready? You guys yeah. ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. yeah. Here it is. What are we talking about again? Uh, Sorry, I have ADHD, so I'll forget, I'll forget my thoughts real quick. Uh, it's uh, favorite weapons and least favorite weapons. 
No, 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 no. My favorite, absolute favorite weapon, mostly because it looks so cool, but because of how you get it and what it does, is the Razor Sword. So, in uh, Majora's Mask, uh, you have the opportunity to get certain materials. I forgot exactly how it's done, um, because it's been so long. But you get specific materials, and they make you uh, um, a Razor Sword. And it does so much damage, but it has a short range. And it breaks. And I love stuff like that. Like, I think that's what started whoever was the mad scientist that wanted to make Breath of the Wild back in the day and had a small dream of having Link play with different swords instead of just the Master Sword. Because if you guys remember, back in the day, that's all he ever touched was just the Master Sword or, or the, the, the beginning sword. But it, it would never be anything besides that. So... I just really love how it looks. I love the effects. I love all that. But I'm just a big Majora's Mask fan. But the thing that, the weapon that I hate the most is I'm actually going to piggyback off Justin on this one. Um, all the weapons in Tears of the Kingdom. Well, I only see Tears of the Kingdom because Breath of the Wild, they're trying something new. You know, they, they saw what worked or didn't work, and they should have added a lot of stuff in Tears of the Kingdom that they never did. Just like Justin said, they should have added durability meter. They should have at least give you a quest to eventually learn how you can tell how much durability your your item has or your weapon has. That, along with uh, like specials, like the fact that it tells you what it does when you fuse something, recipes for those fuses, because it give you like a little quick recipe thing when you make food, right? So when I saw that in Breath of the Wild, I was like, oh, this is great. They're going to make crafting a thing in Zelda. That means Tears of the Kingdom, because he's making all this mechanized stuff, he's going to have to probably find ways to use those mechanical things to either enhance his weapon, uh, make it stronger, make it do something different. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, the possibilities were were endless, but they didn't do nothing with that. They they just, I mean, of course it's awesome. The game's awesome. I can play about it. It's so good, right? But small, small things that could have made the game so much better, like crazy better. Like, for example, like when he was talking about the Master Sword, people underestimate, especially the, the developers that made Tears of Kingdom, they underestimate how great this is the Master Sword is and how they're much their fans love it. I mean, people buy replicas and replicas and replicas of the Master Sword itself. So what they could have done, because what they did do is you can have your Master Sword, it has its charges. You don't know how many charges it has. You don't know how many wax you got left. But uh, you can fuse something to it and it'll have like the silhouette of the item that you put on it and it looks all glowy and it's pretty cool. You know, it's nice. But what they could have done because in Tears of the Kingdom, they introduced this uh, underground mechanic where you find uh, like a whole bunch of like nasty like plants that do weird stuff. You got like mushrooms that do smoke bombs. You got the flowers that do confusion. You could have used all these like, and then you get this zonanites, which they could have done a lot of things with besides just having it convert into battery life. What I feel they could have done is they could have done something for like either create an extra quest 
hopefully maybe in the DLC they'll do it, but like create an extra quest where you can either feed the Master Sword dark items or something, so because it's made out of evil's bane, or you can give it like the Sunday Alliance. There's a special item that's in Tears of the Kingdom that helps you get rid of uh, that uh, little what is it called? What was it called? You guys tell me with this one. Uh, what was the uh, gloom? Gloom that helps you with the gloom, and you could have fed it to your master sword, make it stronger. You know, a lot of things, but genuinely, 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 I thought they were going to add something so that you can be able to maintain a weapon that you really, really like. Now, there's a little trick to do that with like Octoraxis, but I thought they were going to have a nice formal way of Link being able to like set up his house, set up a little fucking anvil, start whacking at the anvil, start making like crazy montage stuff like like the razor sword, the gilded sword, a whole bunch of old, even the wooden sword that he used in Zelda 1. Like, like give you the opportunity to make those things, to make weapons from scratch and fuse to add on to them. You know? So that stuff would really feel like it's yours. But like they really didn't do anything with that. But um yeah, that's that's it's just that's the thing. I know I went off on a big tangent, but yeah, it's all the weapons in Tears of the Kingdom because there's no durability meter. There's no way to enhance besides fusing. There's no way to sharpen. There's no way to, like, um, give it something, materials, any materials at all to be able to help keep it healthy or keep it from breaking anything because it's a material-based game. So I thought they would have had something so that you use materials to maintain the creations that you made but i guess that's just the thing in terms of the kingdom everything you make is made to be destroyed or forgotten because you can't go into specific areas and then come back out because like if you made like a glider or like a helicopter or something that'll disappear so i guess everything's just burnable i guess that's just probably the the case in terms of the kingdom everything's breakable even the inventions that link makes I'm That's all right. A long answer, but it's all right. Uh, so Nikki, how about you? Favorite and least favorite weapons? Um, well, you know, I'm gonna say the most generic answer is the Master Sword for me. I just thought, um, the first time I got it in like A Link to the Past, the first time I got it in um Ocarina of Time, it's just you know, it's it's epic. It's legendary, you know. And I'm a total sucker for, like, the legendary type of sword, like the Master Sword, uh, Ragnell from Fire Emblem, um, you know, things like that. Um, so my answer is going to be quick and simple, um, the Master Sword. Um, I also really like the light arrows. I think those are pretty cool. Um, and I really like, you know, how effective they are when defeating Ganondorf and um, and whatever else. And, and Ganon also when he turns into that form. Um, I really like Din's fire too. I think that was really, really cool. Um, the way how they introduced that in Ocarina of Time, where you can use it as a weapon and you can also use it to light up um any kind of lanterns or anything like that. Um makes it a lot excuse me, makes it a lot easier. Um if you're trying to light up different um different areas and you don't feel like walking over to them. Um I would also say um the one weapon I really didn't like was the spinner from Twilight Princess. Um, 
I don't know. Something about that weapon just didn't. I don't know. My answers are pretty quick and easy, so I'm going to go with that one. That is also fine. Uh, I would mm -hmm. say, well, design-wise, I could probably go with Master Sword and what it does and everything. It's just cool. Uh, that was, I think that's the weapon that he wills in Soul Calibur 2, right? Cause I, I, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, so you can have you can have like a Soul Edge corrupted version. Ooh, okay, that sounds really fucking sick. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's that... still wild that we never got a Soul Calibur two for Switch with all three characters. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, don't make a guy dream. Yeah. It's like... Oh God, I would absolutely adore that. That that was the Soul Calibur I was like the best at. So. If it comes back, you're all doomed. Uh, I just looked up a picture of that. Oh, that that's a sword. What the sword no, that uh, the... that. uh that that Soul Edge version of the Master Sword from Soul Calibur Two? I just found a picture. Could you post that in a recording discussion so I can take a look at that? I need to uh, see yeah. this. Okay, let me see that. Okay, that's <laughs> awesome. That's hey, awesome, dude. Yo. <laughs> Yo, get Darkling to wield that. That'd be a fucking epic battle. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about the Darkling thing. What game was oh, that introduced in? Ocarina. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, that's way back in the day. Just like, oh man, that makes me feel old, dude. Oh yeah. I just, well, yeah, for some reason they made Link's rival Raphael. I guess because he just doesn't like him. It's like, <laughs> hey man, it's another blonde guy. You gotta get out of town, Pilgrim. That's probably it. Yeah, it's like it's just as simple as that. Link ever moved in Soul Calibur Three for Link? Was when he would jump on you and spank you with the sword. I oh. heard it. Why do you remind me of that? I forgot that he does that. He actually spanks the I, opponent. I love that. So, yeah. Well, you love spanking your opponents. I got it. All right. So <laughs> let me just let me just move on to question number four. So Wait, who said spanking? Uh, no, I said not. <laughs> no, no, you talking about? We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna move swiftly along to question number four. So, what are your thoughts on the concept that Link is a mute character, and what do you think of his evolution over the years? So I'm gonna start off with Drillbit. I mean, I think it's fine. That's what they intended him to be, kind of, you know, seeing people to see him as the player. Of course, then, and then with Tears of the Kingdom, I think they changed, well, with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, you know, you can't just use your own name anymore. They always call him Link, since it has voice acting now. But he's still seen as mute, and I guess you're supposed to assume that he that when that he can just talk normally because they because whenever he responds people just don't people just think that he's having a normal conversation and of course i think they also said that they made him androgynous on purpose just to appeal to men and women i guess so both both genders could see themselves in him so i thought that was interesting honestly honestly I don't think Link's changed too much, albeit it is cool when they go into the drastic differences like with Wind Waker. But yeah, that's what I gotta say. Uh, 
well I'll, I'll i can speak on this one a little bit so uh over the years of course there's been many iterations of link um of course they kept that one constant in there now i'm not the biggest fan of the mute character uh scenario or premise or whatever but i understand this respectable here uh, of course if i want to get characters that talk and stuff like that there's always mario or or samus i can go to those characters no problem so uh that is cool that they managed to maintain consistency because a lot of developers just don't tend to do that over uh spanning amounts of uh transmedia so i think that personally that's fine for what it is that's cool and and, and the fact that he evolved you know physically and, and and going through all this trials and tribulations is another cool gesture as well it's like each version has something differing and and something that appeals to everyone uh so i like that if you want darker link you can go and play like some of the gamecube games or if you want like more light-hearted uh a little bit more uh of a what's the word i'm looking for peaceful looking tone even though it's probably not with the world being uh almost in ruin and drowned then you can sort of play wind waker and then experience that so i i do like that they shoved this character into uh a lot of marketing and how he progressed over the years is you know trying to be the valor's hero that saves the day uh that being said, I, I do like that. I, I, like I said, many developers don't. They just change a lot of things to where a character becomes almost unrecognizable. And uh, it's a little bit jarring in a sense, but Nintendo kind of stayed the course. So you got to give credit where credit is due. Next up is Icy. What do you think about uh, Link's progression and him being a mute character? So I feel like with Link being a mute character, it's like kind of nice because I mean you could still like hear his uh, his grunts and his groans and stuff as he's like doing different actions and stuff. So like he still has like some sort of voice with him that still carries along. So you can kind of imagine what his voice sounds like. But otherwise, throughout the different games and whatnot, he's technically a new character every time because like every game takes place in like its own time period or dimension or whatever you want to call it. And like especially with like Skyward Sword, is like he didn't really even start off like in a green outfit or anything. He was just like just another academy person who was just growing up and stuff. And then he suddenly got the fit of the the hero's outfit and stuff, and it became a good look on him and things like that. So I feel like the evolution with it was like really well done and where it's going. I feel like you're going in a good direction with it. All right, Justin, what about you? What do you think on this question? uh so at yeah so like at first i was bit iffy because silent pro tags are very hit or miss because the one thing that they usually tend to fail at is make is give trying to give them a personality despite their lack of words which uh well something that 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 was something breath of the wild failed at because link was sort of a block of wood in that game. Thankfully, Tears of the Kingdom fixed that fucking fast, thank god. But, like, at the same time, I could see what they were trying to do, because I know the original intention with Link, and hell, even his name, Link, was to, like, link the character and the player. 
what I do like about said evolution is that with that one exception, his ex- his face, his fucking face tells so much. Wind Waker is probably still the champion, the the undisputed champion of the most expressive Link in the entire franchise. You can always tell what that little fucker is thinking. If he's annoyed, he shows it. If he's bored, he shows it. If he sleeps, he shows it. If he's happy, he shows it. If he's pissed, he shows it. If he's scared out of his fucking mind, he'll scream like a bitch, but he'll still show it. People can say what they will about about Twilight Princess, and it's like a whole overall color scheme link in that game was pretty goddamn expressive. Skyward Sword Link. I don't I'm not the I am not the biggest fan of Skyward Sword at all, but that link was very fucking expressive. I could I could still tell what that like son of a bitch was thinking. So I do like when they do it right that he doesn't need to really say anything, even though he technically talks when you choose a choice, but we're not gonna get into that. That his face and his body language tell all. And sometimes when done right, that's all you need. Nikki, it's your turn. What about you? How do you feel about Link being a mute and evolving throughout the series in terms of his appearances? Um, I really enjoy him being a mute protagonist, and I think the mute protagonist is a lost art as far as video games go. Um, honestly, um, you know, I, and I still enjoy it very much because Link is such an iconic character who has evolved throughout the series. It's really hard to pinpoint one exact voice for him. And I feel like just any voice actor, no matter who they are, no matter how Hollywood they are, no matter how elite of the elite the VAs are, there's never going to be anyone who's going to replicate him right. It's just, it's just too difficult. As, like I say, as iconic as Link is and how he's evolved throughout the years, it's just impossible to even just um, replicate who he is with the voice. Um... Also, I one of my biggest fears of that is if they eventually do uh, choose to make him fully voiced, is that he'll just feel like too Hollywood, too um, I don't know how do you how do you say just too Hollywood, and I think that would take away the uniqueness from Link. Um, the whole thing about it is that Link is supposed to be the link between the character and the player, so that's what I really enjoy about him also being a silent protagonist. Um, how he's evolved throughout the series. I mean, even though time goes by, it's still the same Link. It's, it feels like it's still the same Link. It's still the same relationships that he has with Zelda, with all his village friends, all his friends and everyone. Um, but every Link is different. And um, every Link is different. Every Link is the same, almost, feels like. So I... Um, yeah, I like him being a silent protagonist, and I hope he stays a silent protagonist. Wasteland, what about you? How do you feel about the sentiment of Link being a mute character and his evolution over the series? I noticed nobody wanted to be controversial, so I'm going to do it for everybody. You're welcome, everybody. So, um, he has grunts, obviously, right? Um, And I'm pretty sure, because Japan, when it comes to uh, their cutscenes and the way they do body language for the characters, it's pretty cringy, at least here in America. So I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why they kept him mute also. Because yes, at the beginning, they tried to keep that link between the player and, and Link with it 
you pretending that it's you, but they did that also with like, let me give you an example where that character where they did that, but they still has a bit of dialogue with Master Chief in Halo, right? He says all the right things at the right time. And that's what makes him such a lovable character, especially with the dialogue given to him in Halo 1 and 2 and 3. So I think that's possible with the link, but what I think that they've been waiting on, and I think it's going to happen, it's going to happen soon. Uh, you know how Charles Martinet is uh, stepping back from Voice of Mario, and we're obviously going to get some other dude. He's probably going to sound different. He's probably going to sound more Americanized. We don't know. But we're going to get something different now, and we're going to have fans mad, and I'm guessing they're testing the waters because I know eventually they're going to have a voice actor for Link. I'm, I'm sorry, Nikki, but it's going to happen. I, I I don't like it either that much, but I think it's possible for it to turn out really, really good if they use AI using the Japanese voice actor that does the grunts. So uh, I don't know if you guys know how advanced AI has gotten, at least now when it comes to uh, voices and the cadence in certain lines and certain dialogue, but the biggest uh, example of it is uh, a movie that recently came out uh what is it called i don't know it's two girls that went up a a cell tower and they they can't get back down but they use ai to not only warp the mouth but to change the dialogue too so her face looks like she's saying fucking in the uncensored version and in the censored version she says freaking with every time she says the F-bomb, obviously. So I think if done right, especially with AI, and done with good uh, cadence in uh, the way they speak, you know, vis-a-vis -vis, like the way Master Chief, uh, his lines go real well, and they're very few and far in between. But I think that alone could make a uh, compelling link because I know for sure it's going to happen. It's unstoppable because money, they will eventually make a Legend of Zelda show. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe if done right and done with AI, we could have a decent link that says very few but very cool lines, you know, like. Like Mass Chief, like, give me a weapon, you know? Or the covenant's coming. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's 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 my answer. Okay, so I wanted to kind of add on to uh things a little bit. I so I am aware they, they had this one uh I don't know if it was a show or it was Zelda on uh console or whatever, but uh there was one moment where they were making Link talk. So it's not really foreign. It happened before, but it was silly when it happened. I think it was on the, the CDI or so, something like that. Yeah, that, that was on the CDI. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's not, it's not the first time. I do think they're going to do it. And, of course, naturally speaking, it just leads to what I think is going to happen with the whole uh, Illumination projects and how now after Mario hit like a billion dollars, they're going to say, well, you know what? 
could be next i wonder what is the next big franchise from nintendo that we could use oh zelda and i i mean would not be surprised if they make a movie and 99 percent link actually has a voice this time around because it is a film unless i don't know it's a silent film or or they have the characters do specific language or grunts i think they're gonna test the waters there i was gonna say no they're gonna do a fire emblem movie next <laughs> well i wish but you know that's probably not gonna they're gonna look at either i would say metroid or zelda i, I think next logical you step know, is gonna be zelda you know it's gonna be controversial if they get someone like tom holland the voice link Oh, well, I mean, people said this about Chris Pratt as Mario, and then they were saying how it was going to be shit and stuff like that. It turned out to be pretty decent. I don't see many people complaining about it after seeing the full movie. So could it be another smash hit? I don't know, but I know they're going to shit on the actor as soon as this revealed. So I'm not surprised by that behavior. Also Zendaya for Princess Zelda. (laughs) Okay, then. We already had enough of uh, Tom Holland taking back shots, so we don't need that for Zendaya as well. Oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. God uh, damn. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, we kidding. Bro's got confused. no chill. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why do I always walk in at the right time? <laughs> the right time, you say? You mean the wrong time. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Ren just went boom. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm saying how terrible you guys out. are, and I'm the walk here. Blew his back out. <laughs> but we can. Uh, what, what what does everyone else think about this speculated voice? If Link gets one, would you be okay with it or no? No. Okay, that I, w- I would honest. <laughs> I would honestly hell have to hear. I would honestly have to hear the performance first. Okay. Just, yeah, like, say, like, say, just I, like what happened with Chris Pratt and Mario. Okay. Yeah, I was Either he's a voice first, or like if it's a one or done thing. <laughs> I would say one or done. If it's one or done in this situation, because the games it might not migrate over, but one or done situation. Right. So, I could yeah. care less if it's Matt Mercer or Kaji Tang. I don't want a link with a voice. Uh, Matt Mercer in the Zelda series has already taken a role. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't yeah. he Ganon? Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He is canon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay, that I can deal with. Maybe. Does he sound like himself all the time? Oh. Uh, his voice is the same. Well, uh, see, his, you you know it's Matt Mercer, but his performance is fucking amazing. Well, of course, yeah. I would imagine his his Leon and Ganon voice is a little bit different, but. Uh, yeah, because his Feylong and Striker were the same exact person. Yeah, so but then again, I can I can kind of say that a little bit for Troy Baker as well in some voices, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, but I digress. It, well, it, this, go ahead. I was going to say, well, this might get a little controversial, so we should move on. Oh, yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to sort of read the floor and see what people sort of had to say, mm-hmm. but it's cool. I respect those opinions. So let's move on to... Yeah. Question number five, let's talk about Zelda dungeons. They all had differing factors to them over the years as time went on. What are some of the things that make a great Zelda dungeon in your opinion? List the necessary requirements. Uh, I'm going to go first with Icy. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, 
so I feel like a, what I liked about the great Zelda designs and for the dungeons and stuff was like, it wasn't just a fact of, I'm going to go back to Skyward Sword with this one. It was like, you got to go through like different areas more than once. And I feel like I kind of like that because um, I'm the second time through, like different events happen, different things in the environment changed. And like you had different goals to accomplish. And it wasn't like you're going back through and doing the same thing again. Although um, it did get repetitive while doing said things again for different areas, but at least like every area was different. But uh, I guess that's what I really liked about it. So. Drill, what about you? I mean, I mean, the Zelda dungeons have always been pretty iconic, albeit they did actually, albeit they used to all be linear, and then they started to experiment in the 3DS games, where you could do it in any order, and then Breath of the Wild went full open world, and you, and then you had to go to, like, the, those beast things. those beast things in any order and then they actually brought back the real dungeons and tears of the kingdom so i was happy about that but yeah the dungeons are pretty iconic so it's good that they're still keeping them as unique as possible and honestly what makes it great is the ones that at least aren't too cryptic but they're not like easy to go through you know they actually make you use like all your abilities and and Tears of the Kingdom was pretty creative because you could because you could be pretty creative on how you maneuver. Like that one ability which lets you go up through floors. I actually was able to skip a bit because of it. So that was fun. Alright, so Justin, it is your turn. Uh what makes or breaks a Zelda dungeon in your personal opinion? So when, so when it comes to a uh, good Zelda dungeon to me, what I feel like, okay, I'll, I'll just say something that they should really never fucking do. Like, I know they'll probably do it again, but never fucking do it again. Anything with too many goddamn floors, I am looking at the fucking Ice Palace from Link to the Past. Like, because that shit overstayed its welcome on, like, floor, like, five. Like, how, like, it was like how many floors? Like seven main and a basement floor. I forget, but I know it was so many. And if you didn't have the freaking the, the cane that gave you like the insta, insta block, you were you were there for a while, freaking doing a very convoluted puzzle just to get one switch. So, if you're gonna do a puzzle, at least do it better than that. I like it when a like I like when a puzzle makes me like really think for a second, and I'm like ah. I get it. A good puzzle can go a long way, especially like when it's a nice sequence. It's just like, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember this? And if we're going to go back to like the whole dungeon item routine where it's just like, ah, obvious item, get it and use it right here in a creative way. I'm, I'll actually go back. To, I'm going to go back again to Majora. It was all just the elemental arrows that were the main treasures, but I like the way you use them. They all required use of that bow, and that bow was fucking useful, and you had to creatively use the arrows in order to do this or that. Like, when you had to use the fire arrows to, like, like you know, aim properly and light torches in the... Uh, what was it? Fucking... I'm just say the first level, because I already forget the name of it. And then the ice arrows actually being useful in Great Bay. 
Even if the 30s remake kind of nerfed that because Grezzo didn't know what the fuck they were doing with that. What the actual shit, guys? And Stone Tower with the light arrows and the whole, okay, you got to flip it, and then you got to flip it again. But you have to do it correctly because a lot of them had block pushing puzzles where you had to push it in the proper place. Flip the tower in order to hit the switch right. And it was like, it made you think in two different ways, but it wasn't super complicated. It was, you have this, now use your fucking brain. That's all you gotta do. It's just actual problem solving. And remembering what you can do with the tools that you got. And of course, even more with the whole use of your abilities, each one of those dungeons, you use your masks so well. You sure you have like the basic three like with the Deku mask, the Gora mask, the Zora mask, it's all obvious, but Stone Tower makes you use them all in such nicely unique ways that even if it is you know, it's not it's not too lengthy. It's only really too lengthy if you try and go after all the great fairies, but it's a completely optional thing to do. And even then if you have a if you have, if you have a guide like I did on playthroughs two and three, you'll be out in a jiffy. So yeah, be more like Stone Tower. Understandable. Understandable. So, Nikki, how about you? Uh, what is your requirements for a dungeon in your experience? What is needed? It has to be creepy. Definitely has to have some kind of creepiness factor to it. Um, has to be creative. Um, something that gets my, you know, brains um, stimulated. Um, and also, it can't have that stupid little hand that comes down every time and grabs you from whatever you're doing. And brings you back to the uh, beginning of the stage. Oh, that Let me tell you, the, that thing pisses me off. So you're not a fan of the Forest Temple, then? <laughs> you know, I actually am a... I was gonna say um, I really am a big fan of the Forest Temple. That might actually oh, be my favorite temple in the entire game. Just because it's so creepy, it's so beautiful. Um, it reminds me of, like, the the buildings that we have in Fairmount Park in Philly. Um, I, I just, I really think that the Forest Temple is absolutely beautiful. Um, and it's so creepy, too. I think so that's probably... I, hmm? I, that was, it was a random thought, but what if they made a Zelda game where it's actually in the real world and takes place in, like, a city like Philly? Oh, God, nobody would be safe if there was a Zelda game in Philly. I would go looking for Link. He's one of my favorite video game characters, so I'm gonna go looking for him. Look, so, someone's place in Silent Hill. Someone's getting shot. I, I there will be no swords, just guns. <laughs> that, that's Zelda in Chicago. <laughs> that's Zelda in North Philadelphia. <laughs> bring that, bring that shit over to Kensington, and we got a whole another game now. Now we got but ourselves yeah. a Resident Evil crossover. If we go over to Kensington. <laughs> But yeah, Link when he fights a bunch of like gang members and then he just throws a bomb arrow at them. <laughs> oh, everyone's getting blown up then. That's the case. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm sorry. Crime. Link is a legendary hero, but he is not going to do anything up against mobsters. <laughs> the crime rate in Detroit about to drop down to zero in like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say, yeah, the Forest Temple is probably mm. my favorite. Um, what the I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that I really like. The Spirit Temple in Ocarina of Time also. I think that oh, was really, really cool. Good. Very creative. I love the music in it. I loved all the orange color with it. Um, the Gerudo the Ger women were cool, too. Gerudo, like, I believe it's pronounced. Gerudo? Yeah. 
Karuto, thank you. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool addition to the uh, to the series. Um, and just the temple was just really, really cool. And so, if we're talking least favorites, the water temple, nobody likes a water temple. I, I can't believe I forgot to mention that now you say that out loud. <laughs> because, yeah, you want to talk about a dungeon that especially lasts a bit, like, because for of dumb reasons, there you go, there's a water temple, even if the 3DS remake did slightly fix it. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was mainly because of adding colors and making the iron boots not a pain in the ass to put on. Also, uh, I guess we can move to Wasteland. So, Wasteland, what is required in your personal opinion for a good dungeon in the Zelda games? I mean, uh, I agree with Nikki. Uh, I remember those early. Uh, Zelda temples and how eerie they were and I remember like the gold sculptures and Majora's Mask and the people that would turn into them and just a whole bunch of unanswered questions like they don't ha- really have that anymore with like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom they don't have any creepiness like like just questions and questions and questions that you just want to ask that makes you really really interested in the lore it's pretty like like on the nose and if you want to learn more just look at the notes and notebooks that people leave behind like i i really miss creepy creepy dungeons where you're like oh what happened here why does this dungeon exist and like for a zelda dungeon at least for a classic one would have that that weird eerie feeling like like you're afraid of going to the next dungeon i remember that i remember that very like well that Every dungeon I went to, I dreaded it. I was like, no, I don't want to go. It's it's weird. It's a lot of stuff. I, I I that I think is the appeal of like true 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 Zelda uh dungeons. But as for these new ones, what I really like about them is like, especially with Breath of the Wild, because you didn't have that those many that many abilities. So you had to be really creative with when you had to go from point A to point B. And I really liked those. Like, a, a lot of the dungeons in the earlier games were really creative, too. But, like, I think uh, it was, uh, who said, was it Icy Bones instead of that? Um, it's, you just get an item, like, when you get the the slingshot. It's like, oh, I wonder what this eyeball is for. Well, you know, I, maybe I'll hit with my slingshot. Oh, look, look, there's something that I can't reach over there. Oh, I'll just use my slingshot. Like, you want you want an item if they give you because that's one thing about Zelda too they love giving you items so if you're going to have an item or an ability or an item that has an ability have it be able to do multiple things so that the person really has to scratch their head on how they can pass it and the shrines give you a really good taste not a, not a satisfying taste it's just a little it's like a little Hershey's kiss it's not really a dessert it's just a tiny taste of those old-fashioned dungeons that you really really had to think to be able to pass them and and that for me is uh what a good zelda dungeon is all right awesome so we're gonna move on to the next one which is number six so did you play the wind waker series and if so what do you think of those games and the sh- the cell shaded art style at the time uh drill bell want you to go first 
Yeah, well, I didn't play Wind Waker when it came out, when they released it on Wii U. I thought it was pretty good, albeit, albeit there was some stuff that annoyed, annoyed me, but they didn't, but it was still a pretty good game. And they did improve the sailing from what I remember, because it was pretty slow in it. Oh. And the, the art style and characters were great. And also, and also, it's kind of funny to look back on it because it was pretty controversial when they announced it because people wanted like the more darker Zelda, like Ocarina, and they did do that with Twilight Princess. But it's a shame we never did get a Wind Waker sequel on console, albeit they did do it on DS. But yeah, hopefully someday we get something like that. I mean. Oh, at least maybe like a remake of Wind Waker or or the DS games or some or, or another sequel would be great. What about you, Ice? You ever play Wind Waker? I'm sorry, who? Me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I never actually played Wind Waker, but I believe I seen like a little bit of the art style, and like to me at the time it was like very unique. A lot different, and uh, I definitely like the direction it was going in. So that's uh, my thoughts on it. That's fair. If you haven't played too much of it, I understand uh, having just short thoughts at best. I mean, I've I've played a little bit of it, and from what I've seen, I I liked you know I liked the mechanic of like sailing on the seas and doing all this uh, high rise uh, combat with people everywhere. Like I've only played literally like five minutes of this game, but. I remember just enjoying it at the kiosk with other people and it was uh, a fascinating experience. I know there were those people that were crapping on the art style and I was just like, eh, you know, it's fine. It's different. It's not the same as it used to be, but there's nothing wrong with like a company uh, using a long established franchise to try something different. So uh, it didn't bother me when they had that art style change at all. Uh, Justin, what do you think about Wind Waker if you played any of them? I have played all the Wind Waker series. Like I have played, well, Wind Waker. I have played the yeah, Phantom Hourglass, as I mentioned in the first question, and I did play Spirit Tracks. Uh I like nowadays. I'm glad people like just realize that the art style. Even though I know, like back then, people were used to, like you know Ocarina, there was a more dark and gritty art style, and then they saw Wind Waker after that. It's just like this is so kitty. It's like. But but then a lot of them actually got past that. It's like, oh, it's like even how many years later, like 20 years later, it's still aged like fine wine. Even now, it still looks freaking great just because it really doesn't age. Like both the original and the HD remaster really, like they age so well. They still look freaking fantastic. And I, I once again reiterate the link in that game is so freaking expressive. I I love that iteration. He's such a goddamn goofball. He's just like he's just a kid that didn't really want any of this, but he's like, fuck it, I'm I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna cite the, the cutscene where you'll put in the last goddess pearl, and then he gets freaking just yeeted as the Tower of Gods is spawning. Y'all know the one. And uh, th- I, even though I will say, uh, uh, fuck that Tingle Quest in the original version, but thank God HD fixed that by making it so much shorter. Now, if they could get Wind Waker HD off the fucking 
prison that is the Wii U and just support, like just give it to people on Switch already. They'd be fucking fantastic. And do the same for Goddamn Twilight Princess. Yeah. And, and I will, and I'll once again cite the Wind Waker four chan meme. You love Wind Waker now. All right. Next up is Nikki. Do you love Wind Waker now? I could gush about this game forever, oh, okay. <laughs> honestly. Um, it is my third favorite game of the whole series. Um, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Um, because I remember before Wind Waker came out, there was a um, a mini snippet of what looked like a darker Zelda game where Link and Ganon were fighting in the um, in Ganon's tower. And they said, oh, this is going to be the sequel to Twilight Princess. Or, excuse me, Twilight, um, not Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time. And then all of a sudden they came out with Wind Waker and people were like, what the hell is this? Like, you, you know, the Dante meme, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> so I didn't have a chance to play it when it first came out. Um, I got it just a little bit later for the GameCube. And honestly, like I said, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. It was um, it was adorable. The story was great. Um, I mean, and how freaking awesome was it to have Zelda as a pirate, like a pirate leader? Like Tetra was cool um yeah she was kind of a of, of a hard ass you know um but you know that's when you're the female leader of pirates yeah you gotta develop a backbone um and for her to be so surprised that she was zelda she's like oh my god i'm a princess like wow and um just, i love the environment i love an open sea um was it uh the king of the red lions i thought he was really cool um I did think it kind of trailed off at the end a little bit with the Triforce quest. Um, I thought that was just a little too tedious, but um, I love this game so much. Like, um, <clears throat> it even had like one of the most darkest uh, Ganondorf and like ending scenes, like defeated scenes. I'm like, you put a sword right through his face, and like, it was just the game's so freaking cool. Like, and it really did age really well. Um, I thought the cell shader was really cool. Um, very, very unique for its time. Um, um, sorry, I'm watching the baseball game in the background and I'm like screaming right now at the left fielder. <laughs> sorry, um, totally off topic. Um, but yeah, and I thought it was really cool, a really cool callback to Ocarina of Time, like the um, the underwater kingdom when you go downstairs um, to where the Master Sword is and you get to see the, um, uh, what was it, the glass... Um, what do they call those things? Glass windows, stained glass of all the uh, all the sages, and have the sages. Um, I believe they were their descendants who were who was on each island. So I thought that was a really cool callback to Ocarina. Um, the, the game is still like, if I had a way to play it now, I would definitely play it. Um, I do have a GameCube. Like I would love to play it on Switch one time, but I just don't have the means to do it right now. I mean, maybe. Someday it'll get re-released. Again, it fucking better. Like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, definitely. Because I am itching to play this game again. Yeah, that. That. And well, either they'll do an HD version, or maybe remake it. Like, like honestly, talking about it makes you want to like whip out my GameCube and throw it on because I actually have it on GameCube. So. You know, you know, also, isn't it crazy <laughs> how technically that <laughs> game was rushed? Like, Wind Waker was technically rushed out because, it, like. Because like they couldn't even finish like the fucking dungeon that would have gotten you the third goddess pearl, and like a lot of other stuff was cut, which is why the fucking Triforce quest happened in the first place. But people still love this game to fucking death. It just shows that like what the 
even if somehow you gotta cut like cut some shit, like if you put a lot of passion and love, it can come out really fucking well. All right, what about you, Wasteland? Uh, what is your opinions on Wind Waker? Uh, I love Wind Waker. The Wind Waker is my second game that I played after uh, Majora's Mask, and I love the hell out of it. And um, what was I going to say? Uh, I really liked the art style a lot. And for me, like, you know how a lot of people are crying about the art style and everything? I really liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it's a real good way to minimize uh, processing all that stuff uh, for making the game and so that it can be pushed out real fast. It makes it easier on the developers so they can just work, it up, work on the content. But what I really enjoyed about it was the same thing. I think, uh, who was this? I think Justin, or Justin, or Icy said it, that he was really expressive. And I, for one, really enjoyed uh, when he was infiltrating Ganon's lair the first time, when he had to go in super sneaky like, or else they'll kick him out. Like, I love that. That was so cool. It was like a very unique, like, yes, cartoony, but cartoony in a good way take on Young Link. And I thought it was a really good way. And I think it was their attempt of separating Young Link from Old Link, thus having, like, Twilight Princess come out right after that, where it's just Old Link. Uh, with this chainmail, like this, this link actually had chainmail, and uh, people are dying. Everything looks weird. Everything's dark. All that stuff. And then you have the child version, where you have this nice animation. Everyone looks very cartoony, anime-like, shibby. Um, I love it so much, and it's it's so cool. I love the intuitive controls. I love the. I love playing with the Wii. It was fun when it originally came out. Um, uh, well, it came out on the GameCube, but when when it, came to we i like playing with the motion controls they were really nice but um yeah and um piggybacking off what nikki said like honest to god this was the best link and the best zelda well not the best but necessarily but they were the toughest in my opinion because they were kids and link killed adult ganon in his head like straight up he didn't even hesitate you know how thug that is you know, you know how that gangster that is for a freaking just kid just jump up twice his height and then stab a dude in his head and then he turns to stone. And no one can do that. He did it. And then, like, straight up, they really surprised me with Petra and ending up being Zelda. When I played it, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about Zelda at all. I, I always assume that she's just, like, with Ganon or kidnapped or something, but he was looking for uh, Zelda. I generally thought it was his sister. And it wasn't, and then he turns out being Petra, and then Petra's this really tough, dark-skinned uh, pirate, and she has, she's the captain of the pirates. And I think that that, that tan skin she had was a callback for Sheik, because Sheik was tan. Um, but it was really cool, because Petra was really smart. She was way smarter than Link. Um, she helped him a lot, a lot, a lot. He couldn't have done any of that by himself without Tetra. And it, it was just really, really good because both Tetra and, and that link did a lot for their perspective, I mean, their respective games. 
in, in my humble opinion. All right, so we're going to move on to number seven. What are your full thoughts on the latest two Zelda games with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom? And some people kind of touched up on it a little bit, but this is like full raw thoughts on how do you feel about both of these games combined? And we're going to start with Drillbit. Yeah, I would say they're probably just the best. I would say they're probably the best games to come out to date. I mean, they really did push the series to a new level, and this is probably where they're going to keep going from here on. Honestly, it's really amazing how they're able to make the open world actually feel alive and not just, you know, blend in with the others. And especially with how they improved it with Tears of the Kingdom, it's going to be hard to actually go into it actually and go surpass that but i don't want to really go into spoilers or tears of the kingdom but breath of the wild i thought was really good albeit the story was it it was a bit light but they did but you did have to basically like piece things together and find it on your own which wasn't bad but i still really enjoyed it of course then they went more story focused and tears of the kingdom and just like Breath of the Wild, you kind of did have to, you you did have to figure out stuff that happened in the game, but I didn't mind it. It did actually make exploring, it did actually encourage more exploration and having to do more side quests. Oh, and now there's basically like three whole worlds in the game with the Sky Islands, then the Deaths, and then Hyrule itself and how it changed from Breath of the Wild. But yeah, honestly, I still think they're really good Zelda games, probably my favorite ones. But I am still looking forward to what the next one's going to entail, if they're just going to continue from the whole Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild timeline, or if it's just going to start fresh again. But we'll wait and see. I see. What about you? Have you played any of these games? Uh, I haven't played either of the new ones, but uh, based on my thoughts and like what I've heard about them, like they don't seem like terrible games. They seem like they're really good for what they come with. There's like some minor flaws that maybe not everybody agrees with, but it's something that I can still get behind, and I'd, I'd still give it a playthrough once or twice and see my thoughts on it. Okay, Justin, what about you? Oh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Games I have spent about the amount of same time as a fucking Persona title on, honestly, because of how goddamn big they are. If this is going to be like their new formula going forward, I'm more than fine with it. I did really like what I played through both experiences, especially with how Tears of the Kingdom took took the exploration, took the world, it improved on that, it made it bigger, like, literally three times the size. Again, where I still feel like all that for $70 price tag is fucking insane. Because I, I, I didn't even do everything in that game before I just went to the end of it, because, I mean, like, 
who knows how much longer I would have fucking been playing that game, but that also should speak miles to how much more stuff was in the game that I didn't do. I think my completion percentage was like 52 and I was at 100 plus hours when I finished it. Of course, it's not. God, no, they're not perfect at all. I, there was some there was some fucking dumb shit like how I'm still not a fan of how they implemented the durability mechanic. Some of those shrines and tears of the kingdom were real freaking ball kickers because the, the open-ended solution sort of went in a different direction where it's like, you see, it's right in front of your face, but because there's so much shit you could do, it's not in front of your face. Good luck, buddy. And at the same time, I would still like if they did have a like a traditional one every now and then, even if it's even if it's like another remake of an older game, I would be more than content with that. I just don't also don't want to see the old formula go because it's kind of an established thing at this point. But you can still continue to make your Breath of the Wild style games. I have no fucking problem with it. It's a, when they're going to get to that fucking DLC, though, is a better question. It's been a couple of months, and I'm honestly. I'm honestly shocked they haven't announced any, but that, but I digress. I feel like I, random Nintendo Direct out of nowhere, and then they're going to do it, probably. <laughs> random Direct, it's not really at a big event. Oh, by the way, here's the Tears of the Kingdom expansion pass available now for pre-order. Yeah, that's, the, <laughs> that's what Nintendo likes to do, just come out of the blue with a surprise. So I I kind of expect them to do the same if they announce like more Zelda in the future. You, you know what, yeah, you know what, Ren, to be fair, I remember when they did that with the fucking Mario Kart DLC, and that was, yeah. <laughs> we're switched, that, that That's literally just another Mario Kart game for not even the price of a full fucking game. So it's like they're getting two Mario Kart games with one. Yeah, order your Tears of the Kingdom DLC now. It accesses this pre-order bonus and this extra sword that lasts a little bit longer than the regular Master Sword. Woo! And this, and this, all of this stupid T-shirt you found off the ground. And the races are all like I, I, I fully expect them doing that. Absolutely. Um, but get access to this custom outfit too. Oh God, man. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah but take my money take my money <laughs> we're gonna let's go boys we're gonna make another couple hundred million but nikki since it's your turn about uh these two games i'll say one more thing i still recommend mm -hmm. both of them fucking buy them yes yes nikki since it's your kind of piggybacks oh, i'm sorry oh, no 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 i was just gonna let you go no, ahead no, 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 no. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of piggybacks off of what, um, what was just said before. I actually don't have any experience with Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And like open world Zelda never really appealed to me. But if they can make it work, I mean, <clears throat> the whole open world trend for me was like, kind of like, why are all these games doing open world? Like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's cool. When Dynasty Warriors 9 did open world, I said, what in the hell are you doing? And it did not work out well for them. Um when Legend of Zelda started doing an open world, when I first heard about it, I said, what the hell is this? Like, um, but I think if I, I don't have a switch. So, um, these games, I don't have any experience with, but if I were to get my hands on them, yeah, probably I'd try them out. Um, but I did see someone, uh, one thing that I do remember about Breath of the Wild was, um, 
someone made a video it was um uh, it was with the song devil trigger in the background and um they were having link be like i think because he doesn't like he has um a detachable arm or something or something's flashy about his arm so uh so they had turned him or tried to turn him into nero and made him into nero and had him fighting a boss like how devil may cry 5 was which i thought was really really cool um that's probably all i really know about breath of the wild and uh yeah <laughs> like i said i don't have much of an opinion Hmm. Okay, that's fair enough. At least, you know, there is some interest there and, and it is a game that a lot of people seem to enjoy. So, um, you know, that's just a good thing overall. So next is Wasteland. How do you feel about this, buddy? Sure. About uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, if you played them. I got to both. Uh, I really like the direction they went. And and a lot of people, um, some of the purists would say, oh, no, um, like Nikki said, like, uh, the open world build is weird. It, 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 there's so much more they can do. I saw they added the shrine. But there's so much more they can do, but it works. Because um, I remember a long time ago, uh, I don't know any of you guys played Fable, Fable 1 at least. I have actually, yes. Yeah, I played Fable. Okay, I remember playing Fable. And uh, if all the NPCs spoke. Um, it was very immersive. Um, you know, there's, uh, the, the mechanics were pretty nice. It was basically a Zelda ripoff, but um, with all these extra things. And I went, you know what? Zelda should take this approach to their games, you know? They should have at least the other characters speak so that it, the world feels more alive. Like, imagine you can get used to that. Get used to the way Goron sound or the way Zora sound. You know, as you, and, and like really, really feel these characters. Like, for example, like you can read the token books or uh, read the or watch some of the animated token stuff. But when you hear um, the voices of these characters, like Legolas. Uh, you know, Samwise, all these characters, you, you you see them in your head and they become familiar and they become more and more beloved. But that's that's off topic. Um, there's, there's this game also that came out called Dragon's Dogma. And I'm pretty sure at least one of you guys have Yes, yes, I have. Yes. Dragon's Dogma yes. is lit. Love that game. Lit. Yeah. And when I played it for the 360, I went... Damn, why doesn't Zelda do this? Nintendo has the money, and, and the 360 wasn't even that strong. And I said, why doesn't, this is the, this is the, the approach they have to take it. They have to make all these monsters and all these uh, enemies feel like, like, a, like not a traditional RPG, but feel more RPG-ish. Because if uh, you guys have played the, the old-fashioned uh, Skyview scroller, um, you notice that the way you approach different enemies is, is, is you have to think about it a little bit, you know, and, and that's what Dragon's Dogma did very well. You had all these different skills, all these different uh, attacks that you put on your character and you go, okay, this is how I'm going to approach all of these enemies that come by. No matter what happens, I'll be able to use this one, this attack, and I can switch this attack out, put that attack in, and I can use this weapon, that weapon, all that stuff. 
And um, when I played Breath of the Wild, I went, wow, this is really good. This is a good start. This is a really good start. That's why I like it so much. You know, the the key items that you have, like the, the Sheikah Slate, where you can use magnetism and uh, freeze time. A few of those things I feel, you know, weren't necessarily needed. I feel like he should have had more like his his items that do things should be more like like relics that you go look for try to get because you need them in some sort of fashion or at least they're very helpful but um i feel breath of the wild had a really good balance of difficulty because you really couldn't do much um if you guys uh, play the DLC and you guys play hard mode, I fell in love with that hard mode. Every enemy is so hard. Like, that's, that should be the Zelda experience. Like, I feel like if they were to... I know Nintendo likes making games where it's like, oh, you know, um, kids want to play, let them play. But I feel like, like because their fans are so old, they should always split their experience in half have the easy mode where it's so the kids can play have fun and then the true mode which is a hard dungeon or a hard enemy something you have to try all of us know with the older games of zelda uh when it comes to bosses or even some basic enemies we would have to do a couple of retries you know because they get the jump on us and we would have low health we'd be panicking you know and then just get the jump on us or kill us like you would die a lot in those games but like in breath of the wild i didn't feel myself dying like much at all especially on the regular mode in the hard mode i was dying like crazy and and that's why i i think i prefer breath of the wild because of that hard mode so nikki if you ever do get a switch get it buy the dlc play on hard mode right away that is the best feeling like i envy all the people that got breath of the wild late so that they can be able to play that on hard mode because that is so fun because you you think so hard about every decision you make because all of these enemies are so tough. Not only are they tough, but their health regenerates if you don't touch them for a while. Like you, if you whack them, you go, okay, I'm going to go back, heal up, and then I'm going to approach it again. No, they'll start healing. And it's scary the whole time. And I just love that. And for Tears of the Kingdom... I feel like some of the abilities they gave you were unnecessary. I think she, they should have, like, if they were going to have the whole inventing stuff and making stuff the gimmick, they should have left that be the only gimmick and, and have there be more parts rather than have these really odd powers that they give them that, in my opinion, are, are broken. Yeah. Going... Um, which we'll call like going to uh like to any dungeon or anything and you have like these powers like oh you can go up platforms you can reverse time that reverse time one alone is is so breakable like you can literally use that one power for almost every single dungeon you know and it doesn't give you a good amount of difficulty it's it's too easy that's why i really like those random dragons that they added but they're not part of the story and i feel like a challenge should be essential in any Zelda game. But, yeah. Love, love them both. Recommend them both. But Breath of the Wild hard mode is unmatched, in my opinion.
Do keep in mind, uh, DLC and game are sold separately. Oh, I knew that was going to come up. Uh, so we're going to move on to the next question here, which is, what do you think of the other key characters outside of Link? So your Princess Zeldas or Ganons or other NPCs that you found fascinating in the world? I'm going to start this question off with Drillbit. Well, yeah, I still really like the other characters, mainly like Zelda. Well, she's different in every game, but honestly, I think the best version of her was probably either in Skyward Sword or Tears or Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom. And they really been kind of pushing hard on like the whole having Zelda and Link being a couple. Although that might upset a few fans, but that's what it is. But honestly, I always liked the diverse amount of characters they had, especially when you have like the Gerudo and then the Goron, and then obviously those, I forget what the fish people are called. But Zora. Those did, yeah, Zora. Yeah, Sidon's a cool character. Oh, and yeah, I guess you can't forget about Tingle or Tinkle or whatever. Hold on. So is uh, which one is the one that was the shark character that everyone wanted to have sex with? That's wrong. That's Sidon from Tear from Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, I hey, hey, yo, I I asked because yes, everyone wants to have sex with the shark character. And they were making rule 34s and everything. I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing about it. What? Uh, I, I think Justin is partially aware of this. <laughs> yeah, I think Link and Sidon was like a very popular, um, very popular ship when Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah. And then, of course, when Tears came out, that kind of shattered it. You couldn't escape it when Tears of Kingdom came out. You couldn't escape it when, like, Anything related to the Breath of the Wild universe, you can't freaking escape it. Oh. Yeah, like, I guess it's a, like, well, they showed it in promo art, but Sidon has, like, a fiancé now, which a lot of people didn't like. They couldn't have him uh, for themselves, so that's why they were so angry about it. Uh, but... Listen, screw canon. You want to be with some character in Zelda? Go be with them. Who cares? You can, Nintendo ain't gonna ain't gonna yell at you for it. Well, you, maybe they will. You can make a yeah. shark hand or a shark bad dragon. Whatever you prefer, really. It's exactly. all out there. It's all out there for accessibility, as they say. Yeah, I mean, most stands are very down bad. <laughs> well, you can say that again. Uh, Drill, are you finished with this question? I mean, I still, I mean, I really think, like, the Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom did all the characters really well, because everyone feels, like, so alive and full of personality. Hell, even the villains, like, the, like, the Yuga, I think they're, like, the Yuga clan or whatever. And then, of course, the, that there's Master Koga, that one guy you keep fighting. He's like a, he's like a comic relief villain, but... He's pretty funny. And for some reason, they're all obsessed with bananas. A lot of strange villagers and NPCs in the series. This is actually pretty fascinating. 
Yeah, there was like in Breath of the Wild, there was that one lady that would get mad at you if you like touched her garden, and then if you did it too many times, she would beat you up. What the hell? And also, also Wind Waker, when if you it would they would actually punish you if you were throwing pots in the house, and the owner would get really mad. Uh, sounds like my mom yeah, on a I Tuesday guess, when she's mad when the castle knocked it down. I guess realistically, if someone came into your house and kept throwing your pots, you would probably get mad. That is grounds for castration. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Link, no, don't do it. We we need we need descendants in order to continue the series. Link, (laughs) yeah, like you can just be a dick in the games, like steal people's chickens. Uh, No more dicks for stealing. So. Uh, we're gonna move to the next person real quick, which is Icy. So, um, what do you think of the NPCs in the series, the other characters outside of Link, etc.? Uh, I like the connection that a lot of them have, uh, especially like throughout the different series. Like, Skyward Sword is like obviously a good one I like to go to because of the fact that Zelda and Link were actually more friends before anything, before like the whole story unveiled itself. But other than that, like, um, there's also just that one chef in the kitchen that, like, if you were to break any of the pots and stuff, they would basically get really mad at you and say, stop throwing my stuff around and breaking things. But yeah, it was just all sorts of different interactions, how the, they treated Link all different ways. What about you, Justin? What is your opinion on this question? Um, well, I'm hoping up this can of worms slightly. Uh, A lot of it would um, depend on the incarnation of it. Now, I'm going to piggyback off of Skyward Sword Zelda because that's actually one of the, you know, few high points I have about it. I do like that Zelda. Like, uh, her being a childhood friend to Link was a very different take on the character for, like, once. Because, like, the seeds were sort of sown in spirit tracks like with the whole like you know friendship dynamic because oh my god the zelda in that game especially was such a trip but she was also one of the most useful and most well developed just from the dialogue alone and then oh hyrule warrior zelda's just a badass like she she's the princess she's deck she's got like you know this armor stuff she goes to the front line she's really swift with a sword how could you not like that? And uh, selling Hyrule Warriors, that Ganondorf has w- not only one of the coolest designs, but also just the most presence, because you actually get to play as the fucker for part of the story, and you win in fair freaking combat against Link and Zelda. You, you get, make Ganon win the day for once, and I love that. Easily one of my favorite incarnations of Ganondorf right next to Tears of the Kingdom because without spoiling too much about Tears of the Kingdom just the way they wrote him and Matt Mercer's performance just enhances it for me because oh my god I didn't I didn't think I'd like him as much as I did but they found a way to fucking do it and normally Ganondorf was annoying to me before because he just kept hijacking the plot from other villains I will still never forgive Twilight Princess for fucking doing that to Zant it's, we'd be here all night if we kept mentioning so many NPCs from other different games, like the guy with the pots, like that 
one asshole who fucking begs at the beginning of Wind Waker, and yet all, all of a sudden towards the late game, he's all snobby and rich because he happened to take money from another guy, and now he's just nothing but a fucking douchebag. All your neighbors from outset, all the people of Ordon Village from Twilight Princess. Like, all the, like, the cozy coziness of Skyloft. It, it, there's just oozing personality here. Even in like some of the less received Zelda games, a lot of the things they do right is like the personality of the world. The worlds never really feel dead, per se. And I'm thankful for that. And my honest favorite to that is Majora's Mask, because if you're doing everything in that game, you're doing all the side quests, and it's like that makes up like three quarters of the game. You have a reason to give a shit about all these people. You get to see their struggles with the whole moon falling thing, how they're handling it, like just the duality of man. And then in the other regions, you see how they're faring after you fix the problem by beating the temple. And it feels so fucking nice because what you do actually means something. And I love it when games do that. You see the effects. You see everything that you're working for as you go along through the game, as you run through. And it feels like you're actually being rewarded for doing the fucking job. To quote Thor, because that's what heroes do. All right, next up is Nikki. What do you think of the other NPCs in the Zelda universe, except for sharks? <laughs> well, other than, you know, the big three, Zelda, Ganon, and, and Link, the NPCs really make the, make the Zelda franchise the Zelda franchise. Um, they're so unique in their own little ways, like the way how they just immerse themselves in a world where they don't have the power or the means to do anything about it. Um, they're really just trying to go on about their lives, um, trying to live their regular lives while catastrophe is happening behind their backs. Um, and they're really just trying to deal with it in their own little ways. Um, maybe they're ignoring it. Maybe they're watching what's going on, but realizing we don't know Link. We don't know who these people are, who's fighting our, the battles for us, but we appreciate it either way. Um... I would say the one NPC character, and honestly, I feel like I keep going back to Ocarina of Time, um, but I really liked uh, Saria, uh, Link's childhood friend. And I always feel so bad, like, um, in the very beginning of the game leaving, she's like, I know you're going to leave because I always knew you were different. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you're running and you're running and you're running towards the castle and she just appears out of nowhere. And uh, she's like, Oh, so you're finally leaving. Um, well, here's an ocarina. I hope you remember me. And as soon as he gets the ocarina of time, it's like, see ya. And um and then when you when you're able to um <laughs> to contact her with the new ocarina, she's like, Oh, is that a new ocarina? Oh, that sounds really nice. Yeah. Um and then seeing her again, um, when you get the forest medallion. Like, that was really cool, too. Um, but then when you find out the backstory of why they're actually chosen as sages, it's like, oh, oh, well, that's not really that nice of a story. Um, but she says that 
she doesn't mind being a sage because then she can always be by Link's side. So, um, so I thought she was, yeah, she was a cool character. Um, obviously Ganon and Link are, you know, are Ganon and Zelda are great secondary characters, but there's one character that I am so surprised that none of you guys brought up was, uh, Midna from Twilight Princess. And, um, because I know that, like, she's still fairly popular. She's still really popular. Um, I don't know how to, how I feel about her. I don't dislike her. I really just wish we got her, um, her non-mutated form earlier in the game so that we can actually have her as an assist character. But her turning into the, the adult, um, or actual version of her at the end was pretty nice too. Pretty bittersweet too. Oh, and uh, one more character. I forgot to mention Darunia. That guy is cool. <laughs> <laughs> when he starts dancing to Saria's song, I'm like, oh, look at him go. Uh, I'll say, I yeah, I completely brain farted about Midna because I actually did like her because she actually had a fucking personality. I was going to say, like, as soon as she walked out on us at the end there, I'm like, no, I just forgot all about it. She was a companion character. She left me. Like, she was a companion character that wasn't fucking annoying, like we we would get in the game following that. Definitely better than Navi and Fee. Yeah. Um, But I will say, if if you especially want a really good Midna, the manga, the Twilight Princess manga. Hmm. Oh, boy. Is it uncensored? (laughs) <laughs> I talk about like backstory. What the holy hell? Oh, yeah. I heard that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was a whopper. I, I actually, I will say, I will say, the manga is darker than the actual game. The manga is darker. Like, Japanese manga dark? What like, are you talking about? What got me to read it? What got me to read it was hearing that in the first fucking volume, uh, when, when those uh, what the the moblins fucking just march into Ordon. One of them fucking cuts off Link's arm, like straight. Just like, yeah, in the manga, in the Twilight Princess manga, Link in the first volume gets his fucking arm cut off. Like, that's Dude, where are you getting this manga from? I want to see it. I I bought it, Barnes and Noble. Oh, I, I can just yeah, go down. they've been making manga of Zelda for a while now. Yeah, they recently had a Dude, when I read that I read about that, I'm like, what? And then I saw it was true, and I'm like, I gotta read this. Yeah, um, I wonder how far, I'm curious how, how far they've gone in the mangas now. Oh, the, the manga, like, what game? Well, uh, Twilight Princess, uh, at least we got the last volume here in America about a couple months ago. Also, it's not part of that collector's edition with the Oh, sorry. No, uh, I was done. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I want to see how they handle the scene where Zant goes into uh, Hyrule Castle and asks Zelda, do you surrender or die? I got to see how the manga does that scene. Read, read the manga. It's really fucking cool. all, all of the soldiers' pants turn brown somehow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so who is next on this? Uh... Oh, Wasteland, it is your turn. What do you think of the NPCs and other characters in the Zelda universe so far? Well, I think they've always done a real good job with the NPCs. Uh, I re- I remember playing recently um, when I finished 
Tears of the Kingdom, uh, a lot of the quests connect. There's more quests that have multiple stages. So, like, there was one that I liked a lot where it's, I think it's two sisters or it's two friends, but uh, they love mushrooms for some weird fucking reason. So, they're always looking for caves for mushrooms, and they're talking about this legendary cave that has like every single mushroom that, that exists, and they, that's all they ever wanted to find. And then they talk about how like Destiny has could bring one of the girls with Link because of the caves. I don't know, it was weird. But like they ultimately find them. They find that cave if you help them out. And like they go, oh, this is great. Okay, let's continue our adventure for more mushrooms. Like, Okay, but uh, yeah, the NPCs are, are really awesome. Um, I know especially Majora's Mask did when um, I know I think it was who brought it up. Um, at, what Majora's Mask in particular, every single character has something, almost every single character has something you can either do for them or help them with which is great. Like, I think Majora's Mask gave you the most true to, like, almost like, like it's a real, even advanced uh, RPG where, like, people can literally give you quests. Like, I remember there was one quest in particular, and I think it's the most complicated quest in Majora's Mask with uh, this kid named cafe and this woman named i think it was sophia or maya or some something like that but i only remember the kid's name and I, and it's a real long long story basically spoiler alert if anyone's listening and hasn't played majora's man um basically he was a young man he was gonna get married to i think her name was it anya why am i forgetting her name anyway she was gonna get married to her and then someone, I forgot how, turned him into a kid. And now he, like, feels horrible. He puts a mask on so no one can see that it's him. And he gives a letter. Or well, he wants to send a letter to... Oh, her name is Anjo. I remember now. A-N-J-O, Anjo. He wants to give her a letter and tell her, like, hey, I can't get married with you. I'm a kid now. And, you know, that's illegal. Which is great. You know, surprising coming from a Japanese game, but yeah, and you have to do all this different stuff to be able to get him back to his regular age so that he can marry this girl, and it's so cool, and just like uh, what uh, my buddy said earlier, when you do something in that, in that game particularly, it makes you feel so good because they find so many tiny ways of making you feel awesome for what you've done, like when you help the the Gorons with their ice mountain, like they they open up their shop. Uh, you can get your the razor sword. You can get a gilded sword. Everybody everybody's lively. No one's shivering. When you get there initially, it's so cold there. No one really wants to talk because everybody's shivering and cold. Like it's so it's starkly different. It's so crazy. And and like that game has so many levels of. You got to do this in order to do that, in order to get this, in order to do that. And the best thing about everything is that none of it is permanent. 
after the three days come by and and you can't get all the stuff that you need, um, you can't do the temples. You gotta go back three days again and try to do it. It's 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 so it's so great. I just, I'm sorry, I'm just a big Majora's Mask fan, but but yeah, all those NPCs, uh, you find out their lives, you find out what they're struggling with, you try to help them as much as you can. You know, they help you, they get you key items and stuff. And they got a whole bunch of dark stories. Some of them have nice little stories, like they want to perfect a new dance and you help them perfect that new dance. And then some of them are like really dark, like, well, I, I fucking died. I need you to help me out and I'll give you a mask. Like stuff like that. It's, it's crazy. Like, like really, even especially when you get your, your power, your masks for, um, that that was especially dark, and I really like that. The the way you get your mask in Majora's Mask is you basically have to finish off someone that's already dying or someone that's already died, and you gotta play that song so that they can turn into the mask essentially, and and that's how you take their form. You take their form. That's that's so hardcore on so many levels I can't even begin to to fathom it. But uh, I digress. All right, so we're gonna move on to uh, the final three questions here. So this is gonna be kind of a tricky one, but give your top five favorite Zelda games that everyone should experience at least once in your opinion. And I'll go with Drill. Also, it doesn't have to be necessarily five if you can't think of five, so I'm throwing that out there. Oh, he just grabbed the dump real quick. Oh no no it's yeah. fine. Take your time. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Top oh. five games. Yeah, top five favorite games that you think everyone should experience at least once. Or a better way to rephrase it is, uh, Zelda games that are so good that everyone needs to play them if they haven't already. Well. I would say numbers, well, for me, it would be probably starting from 5 to 1, probably Minish Cap, Link to the Past, Twilight Princess, obviously, and I would say you can't have one without the other, so I'd say, so I'd say Ocarina of Time and then Breath of the Wild for sure. And then honorable mentions go to Majora's Mask and also Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom. But if you're all, but I guess if you play, but I guess if you play those games, you're bound to play the sequels. But yeah, Breath of the Wild for sure. Hell, I remember it was a lot of people's first actual Zelda game. So it ended up bringing more people into the franchise. And most of these other games are mostly accessible if you have a Switch, except for Twilight Princess for some reason, and also the, and also Wind Waker. But hopefully that gets fixed soon. What about you, Icy? Um, what is your favorite Zelda games that people should experience at least once? Uh, I think probably on my number one list is uh, probably Twilight Princess. I mean, it was just one that stuck. Stuck out to me so much. Uh, I know Skyward Sword is not really fond upon by most people, but I feel like that should be another one. Like even if, if even if I put that as number five, um, yeah, I, I still feel like people should play that. 
uh spirit tracks i guess go above that one so and then i haven't played wind waker myself but it is one of my lists i want to play besides uh also majora's mask but uh those are two others that are gonna be on my list and uh i would recommend people try also based on what i've heard about them all right justin what about you what is your favorite top five zelda games that people should experience at least once uh oh, ranking them with that i'm at i'm personally gonna just put them in no particular order i will say i'm i'm gonna bundle actually ocarina majora because i that's our package deal because people like if they want to get into zelda ocarina should definitely be like a rite of passage because it is a game that definitely like, it's, it's one of the most famous it's regarded as one of the best i feel like you have to just just as a rite of passage it's still a really fucking good game even if some people don't think it's the best one okay but it's still a pretty damn good game and majora is just phenomenal in several freaking ways hell i freaking i prefer it over ocarina of time majora's mass is my personal favorite zelda game like i went out of my way to even 100 that and i fucking hate 100 video games a lot i only have i've rarely ever done it in my entire life uh and yeah but i feel like they're like their package deal much like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom like those two i swear like they may be huge and you may have to space them out a bit but i feel like that's also its own package deal you can't really appreciate one without the other twilight princess definitely if only because like you know fitness especially like you know the best still to me the best companion in the series link between worlds if you want the best way to experience like that real classic zelda feel and if you just also just want i know people love link to the past but i personally prefer link between worlds over it only because it has a lot of the quality of life updates that the zelda franchise got over the years and i feel like it took what people experienced in link to the past and just made it a lot better so i will personally quote link between worlds as that game, one of those games where people got to experience that. Well, that was that was technically four entries there. So, is the uh, is there a number five? <laughs> if my if the, my fucking throat will get to me first, <laughs> it's just trying it's trying to fuck trying to fucking kill me. It's, 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 this game is so good, I might die here on this podcast. <laughs> it's it's gonna it's gonna kill me, but at least I got to experience it. <laughs> Why do I sound like Filthy Frank? Oh, now that definitely does at this. Point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I I mean I'm just trying to look at my fucking shelf, but I. My stupid ass should have remembered. Wait, dummy, you don't have any Zelda games in particular visibility. So I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and also and also say Wind Waker because that honestly spawned its own sub series, like you know, when it got Fan- Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, but also just because it. It really did like age pretty again. It aged pretty fucking well, despite like you know that sadly was sort of rushed towards the end of development and a lot of shit went down. But it's a pretty good game still came out of it. But what I will say to those wanting to experience Wind Waker, 
for the love of God, play the HD re-release, if only just because of the... Well, actually, two reasons for that. Two reasons for that. One, that goddamn Triforce hunt was shortened to only about... Th- you, you needing to pay Tingle's stupid ass only three times instead of eight. Only three. So no need to no need to freaking grind your ass out with rupees for like half of your freaking play session every day because of this stupid freaking green punting ball over here wanting to freaking gouge you for the price of a freaking carton of eggs. And secondly, the swift sale. Just the swift sale. Because <laughs> as much as Wind Waker has a pretty goddamn good looking world, sailing in the GameCube version was fucking boring because it was slow. I get that they have to give you one giant loading screen because it couldn't render the entire world at once. Unlike what the Wii U could do nowadays, but oh my god! And I still think you should experience it anyway. I would say I would say go buy it, but uh, they fucking took down the eShop, so uh, try to take some secondhand copy off some off some weirdo on the internet. I don't fucking know. Try or, to go or, on the seven seas. I was gonna say, or you are hard fiddly d mateys. I won't tell if you won't. Eel? <laughs> Nikki, what about you? Did you listen to this conversation? <laughs> um, okay, A Link to the Past is definitely a must. Um, that is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and then the fifth slot is kind of a revolving slot. I would say definitely Majora's Mask. Hyrule Warriors, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Hell yeah! I mean, you know me, I'm a Dynasty Warriors player, so of course I went absolutely bonkers when when, uh, Hyrule Warriors came out, and when I saw Zelda's outfit, I'm like, holy shit, she's a Valkyrie! Like, dude, this is awesome! Like, it's just so cool how they made, like, how they made non-playable characters into formidable uh, warriors on the battlefield. It's it's just really, really awesome how they did that. And um of course when they, you know, they added the original characters in there and everything, I'm like, I don't know why you're doing that when you have so much so many Zelda characters to choose from, but eh, whatever. Um, I mean it, it worked because Yeah, oh yeah, it worked, you definitely. Know, were super popular. And also Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Game. I remember them. Because <laughs> like I remember when the I'm sorry. I was gonna say Volgo is basically Zelda's version of Lu Bu. Yeah, <laughs> and then I thought that Ganon was like Ganondorf was like the version of Lu Bu also, but like I remember when um, Sia was her name, right? What, I think main, was that the what? main ca- uh, the the villainous character. Yeah, uh, Sia. Uh, Sia, yeah, big boob witch lady. Yeah, because like I remember looking at her, I'm like. Oh yeah, this is a Koei game, all right. Because around that time, Koei was designing all their women, small waist, big tits, big ass. Like, if you guys have seen the character Lian Sher in the in the Wu Kingdom, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here. But um, hey, I'm sure she yeah. sold a couple hundred thousand copies just off that alone. Exactly, exactly. Um, but if we're not talking side games like that. I would say the fifth slot. Hmm. I don't know. I thought Link's Awakening was pretty cool. Um, I thought Minish Cap was actually kind of cute. 
All right. And so... then the Oracle of Seasons I thought were cool too. Or the Oracle of Seasons Ages. Oh yeah, is that the one where they had like the two covers? I think one was like red and the other was blue. Uh, yeah, one yeah. was you had to save. Um, uh, it was the Goddess of Wisdom, and then the other one you had to save the Goddess of Power. Um, God, what the hell were their names? Uh, Naru, uh, no, Naru, no, and uh, Ding. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a third one where you have fought for, but. <laughs> They canceled that one. No, they, they just couldn't get it. They just couldn't get the whole linking thing to work with a third game with the technology they had at the time. If they tried it again nowadays, they could so easily do it. Yeah. All right, Wasteland. What about you, buddy? It's your turn. Uh, top five Zelda games you would recommend to someone who never played them before but could get into them and have an awesome experience. Okay. Well. Considering more people nowadays are very casual gamers, I uh, sadly told them to play Breath of the Wild first, but that's only so that they can ease into it. It's a good easing into the Zelda franchise, and if they fall in love with the world, then I tell them the rest. But as for quality for me, uh, the best games that need to be played of, of the Zelda franchise is, of course, Majora's Mask. Weirdly enough, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, which is three, and then uh, Wind Waker, which is four, and then the fifth one, uh, I think, I, I didn't know, I, I, I spent a lot of time, but it seems to be a lot of people really, really enjoy Twilight Princess, and I think just Minna alone, just experiencing Minna alone, and seeing how how great she looks afterwards when we see her true form, and and then freaking seeing the look on Link's face when he just smitten, he's like, you could tell that face was like, man, forget Zelda, I want some of that. So that would be my top five pick. Over to you, boss. All right, so we're going to move on to the next question. Uh, the hardest for Justin, apparently. But he said, uh, you know, it, it's down to favorite weapons now. And I mean, not favorite weapons, favorite unlockable secrets within the whole franchise. Uh, so, Justin, I want to start this off with you. Uh, what is your favorites? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> before we started, I, I said, I said Duran like this son of a bitch over here is that he gave some pretty decently like you know tough questions to think about and this one sort of threw me through a loop but then like about like what two minutes before we got in I said the light bulb went off mm -hmm. yeah because then I started thinking before and before and then it clicked I would say to me the favorite my favorite unlockable secret in Zelda is the fierce deity's mask from Majora's Mask because, again, I because all what you have to do to get that is you have to you have to do everything. It's literally your one hundred percent reward. You have to do all the side quests and thus get all the masks. I don't exactly know if you have to also do those like four mini dungeons with the Moon Children in order to get it, but I still did it anyway because like you know, you, you get a free heart container out of it. And. That that mask utterly like you can only use it in boss arenas. You can only use it in like you know the temples boss arenas. You can only use it in the final fight with Majora's like uh, with Majora. 
but it is so fucking sweet though like it is so overly powered it's like yeah there's a damn good reason why i can only use an imposter and this shit freaking breaks the goddamn game in half if i could use this across the entire thing i mean i would have loved in the 3ds streaming that they gave you like a little new game plus feature where you could use it throughout the entire game now that would have been like a fun feature for those who actually went through the patience of getting it that would have been nice but regardless it is such a it's, a it's such a fucking cool thing like it, it just has this air of mystique you don't know where it came from you don't know what it is you don't know why the hell majora just gave you a weapon that could fucking annihilate it in like two seconds especially if you're like me and you had infinite magic because you drank a chateau romani before coming in here and he just gets utterly decimated and destroyed and just like but but again for going through all the trouble of helping out the people of termina of trying to give them some kind of normality while the literal face of death has been looming them looming over them for the past three freaking days you you essentially get a freaking weapon of mass destruction a very fucking cool looking weapon of mass destruction so cool actually that it was reused in hyrule warriors as young link's awakening and the special attack for that damn thing is him cutting the moon in half it's like okay okay mgr calm down rules of nature but with zelda hell yeah dude <laughs> give me more so you finished with this question, Justin? Yep, Ernie. All right, so we're going to move on to Drill. What is your favorite unlockable secret in the Zelda franchise? Mm. I mean, in terms of secrets, I mean, there's always the Master Sword. That's probably my favorite, but that might be considered a generic answer. But I have... I guess I haven't actually played any other Zelda game to completion yet, but those are all. But the Master Sword's always cool to see. Or by completion, I mean one hundred, like one hundred percent. I mean, I still beat them. Hmm. Any other uh, favorite unlockable secrets? Hmm. Mm. Not that I can think off the top of my head. That's fine. Uh, we will then move on to the next person, which is Icy. I feel like uh, the only unlockable secrets that come to mind for me is like uh, when I played Skyward Sword, it was uh, more or less like going after all the sky cubes. So the way Skyward Sword worked was like you obviously had like the city above the clouds and everything, and like you would act actually go down dive below the clouds to the, like, the planet below, and you would have to actually find these cubes and, like, hit them with your master sword, like, you had to, like, charge up your blade and do, like, a charge strike at them, and it would, like, uh, make it, like, go back up to the sky or something, and there was, like, a chest up above that was, like, linked to each of these cubes that would, like, let you get different things. So I feel like uh, that was, like, pretty cool. But some of them were just, like, a pain to get to also, so I don't know, it was, like, a 50-50 thing to me. <laughs> Justin, uh, well, uh, we went with you, so we have to move on to Nikki. Unless, uh, Justin, did you label all of yours yet? What's up? Did you label all of your secrets in the series? 
Uh, was... Yeah, yeah, like it was. Yeah, like or, or you start with me. I said Doug the Fierce City Mask, and I okay. Yeah. I was just making sure because the order on yeah. OBS was a little bit weird. So, <laughs> Nikki, we will go to you. What is your favorite unlockables so far? Nikki. Oh, well, she did say she did say be right back. So I guess she's still gone. So we're gonna move to Wasteland. What about you, Wasteland? And he's gone too. Right. Nope. Right. Turn up, turn up, turn up. Okay, I'm sorry, but I, I'm really bad at fumbling with my phone. No, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. You're good. The my favorite secret. Uh, it's not really a really, really big secret, but in Breath of the Wild. In order for Nintendo to promote their amiibos, you can buy amiibos that are related to the Legend of Zelda franchise. And each amiibo has unique equipment that you can only get with those amiibos. So, like, pretend you're a big Legend of Zelda fan, but every Legend of Zelda fan is different, right? Some some fans really like Wind Waker, some people really like Twilight Princess. They had an amiibo for every single Zelda release. And you, if you press the amiibo, because yeah, you can only do it once a day, but if you press the amiibo uh, like enough days, you'd eventually get the whole set of your favorite link. So if you really like like Ocarina of Times, white tights, uh, big gauntlets, uh, link, you could be that link throughout the whole game. And you could even upgrade that uh, outfit too. And I thought that was so awesome. That's so great. That's such a smart marketing strategy. That's genius. I loved it so much. Like, um, Twilight Princess isn't my favorite Zelda, but I do. It is my favorite Zelda uh, outfit because he wears the chainmail, and I, I've always liked that one because that's the most practical uh, Link outfit to date. And um, so that is my favorite thing because you can get it, you can wear it, you can upgrade it so that it helps you in battle, and you can just be walking around as you're wearing your favorite Link tunic, which is which is great. I loved it so much, and that's my favorite secret. I think it does count as a secret because a lot of people have to you have to look that up. You have to look up what Amiibo give, gives you what, even though some of them it's obvious. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about the amiibo costumes. Those are really cool. Oof. It's damn, I, I keep forgetting that people were like cooming over the uh, Link Wolf amiibo and uh, started to become a rarity over time. Let's see, is Nikki back? No, she is not back. So we might have to skip her until the next question. So we're on our final question now. And that is just, I'm gonna reframe this one. And it's just talking about like um, the world and, and what are your favorite moments, so to speak, within the franchise, whether it could be story related, gameplay related, um, world related, etc. What is your favorite moment in any of the uh, Zelda games so far, and I'm gonna go with Mr. Drillbit. Drill? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, uh, mm. what's your thoughts I on mean, the last question? All, I mean, every Zelda game's got their own unique story and world to it. 
albeit like the first Zelda was kind of minimal, mainly because it was an NES game. But it was the ground, but everything's got to start somewhere. And honestly, probably the best, probably, probably my favorite like world from any Zelda game was probably, uh, it's hard to say, but I always liked Minish Cap and how you could, how you could like shrink yourself and then find out there was like another, there was like another race of like tiny people who lived there. Who basically lived in the village and were doing tasks for people. I guess if anyone's ever heard of the burrowers, you know that old story where people, little people, would take take stuff from people and would be living everywhere, kind of like that. But mm. also, Skyloft from a from a Skyward Sword was really cool. And how there was basically an entire city in the sky people just lived on and they never went to, down. So it was kind of interesting to see. And obviously Breath of the Wild with Hyrule. And then, of course, with the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, now you've got like three other worlds, like with the Depths and now, and now with the Sky Islands. And obviously, like, Scory... Like with the story, they did, they did emphasize on like, like even like I know in like the earlier games there wasn't voice acting, but they did do a good job conveying it, conveying it without having actual voice acting. And then of course when Breath of the Wild got it, they, they started to like, they kind of didn't really tell you most of it, but it was cool. But because it was trying to encourage you to explore the world and find pieces of it since basically you had to since link lost all of his memories and you pretty much had to re like recoup them again i thought that was interesting but yeah that's my thoughts hmm okay so since nikki is back uh, i kind of want you to answer the last question which was uh what was your favorite unlockable secret in the whole franchise and then we'll get you prepped for the final one. Oh god yeah i'm not even prepped for that question i was more so prepping myself for the last question mm-hmm. um so i guess i'm gonna pass up on that one because my mind's just not there that's fine um yeah so i would say um Oh god, like what's my favorite part? Uh, like my favorite story part of the whole franchise? Like Oh god, I don't know. I think all of Zelda's all the stories with all the games just were all like really really beautiful in their own kind of way. Um like, you know, with Ocarina, it was like a coming of age. It's like I realized my my potential. I'm actually a hero. I'm more than just some bullied kid in the in the forest. I am I am your savior. I am, you know, a hero who, you know, I, and I think it's kind of almost like that with every game. He's a reluctant hero who decides to get his shit together and, uh, you know, decide to save the world. Um, and I think Twilight Princess had a really cool story, too, with um, um, going back and forth between the two worlds, uh, Midna's situation, Zelda's situation. And I think that was the first time we got to see Zelda as queen, and unfortunately, I wish she had a larger role in the story, but, you know. Um, A Link to the Past was really nice, and all the little background stories with um, 
uh, there was a guy who lost his kid to the Golden Power. Um, all the maidens getting kidnapped. Um, things like that. Uh, my my mind's all over the place with this one, but um, yeah, I would just say I really like all the stories that's in these Zelda games, especially Majora's Mask. It seems to have its own, uh, you know, side stories with all the characters in there. Some are tragic, some are funny, some are, you know. That that's uh, pretty much it. All right, fair enough answer. Uh, Icy, what about you? Uh, what are your sort of favorite moments and thoughts of the world, the environment, uh, any last sort of opinions on the story, etc.? Uh, I feel like, uh, this is definitely gonna bring me back to Skyward Sword. It's like, uh, the whole events of, uh, before Ganon was released and everything, how he was, like, trapped in, like, a giant beast or monster. And, like, you would always have to go back to, like, uh, the Forsaken Grounds, I believe it was. It was at the, the Forest Temple. And uh, you all, uh, this creature, you would always have to like banish it back into the ground before it's able to be fully released until the end of the game, at least. And it's uh, very nice and unique to me. Otherwise, like, yeah, just uh, having the whole world above the clouds and then just having uh, the world below and how it all pieces together was also very unique to me. And then with Twilight Sword, how uh, Link was just, I guess, cursed with the the wolf evolution of them. At least we thought it was a curse at first, but it was actually more brought onto that as you got through the story towards the end of the game. So I felt like that was like very unique also. And just having like the separate Twilight worlds throughout the the game. Is that uh all your answers on that question? Yeah, I believe that's all I got. That's all I can think of. Alright, that's cool. Justin, it is your turn. Um, what are your thoughts on this final question about favorite moments, environments, or any lingering thoughts on the story and world or things you want? Oh, the world Zelda games. Well, my well, ever since like, you know, both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, I just I really love those versions of Hyrule because like again, they're so expansive, but there's a lot of shit to them. They're not just super empty worlds with a whole bunch of nothing. It's like, oh, look at this. We've got big worlds. Yeah, big worlds sell a lot of copies. <laughs> You're not sports entertained. Like, they feel alive. There's always something to it. There's like, it's people or the wildlife or just the, the lush greenery or that. Or, or or that random construct from ancient civilization that's now trying to kill you because it thinks you're a threat. It's like, stop trying to kick me in the dick, guys. I'm trying to help you. One of my favorite moments, actually, is in the introduction in both games where it gives you just that, just that overview of all the stuff that you have to see, and it gives you just the title at the bottom. It may be simple as hell, but I love it just shows you the expansive scope and tears and in tears of the kingdom, it shows you only a mere fraction of the kind of crap they give you. <laughs> and in the same game, there's yet another expansive scope of oh, you're seeing this world now. And then later you see another one you can go down to. I can't see shit down here in the underground, but it's still pretty freaking big. And pretty freaking explorable. Yeah, the, everything to do is trying to avoid certain death, but I mean, hey, I, I still can't believe they freaking accomplished all that. And if I'm going to go piggyback off of Majora's Mask, it's not 
and that it's not just the people of Clocktown. It's not the people that live outside of Clocktown. But I'm gonna go back again to Stone Tower because there's some there's some tea to that that has just never been revealed to this freaking day. Because it is theorized that the people of Termina hated the Golden Goddesses. It, they stupidly fucking removed this little detail in the 3DS stream because Grezzo's a bunch of pussies. No, just kidding. But these there's these blocks you can climb on the way to the temple itself. They depict these like sort of like, you know, just these like, like grotesque looking figures freaking just like they have the Triforce on their ass and they're fucking putting their tongue like on the Triforce like, like saying, kid, like kiss my ass to the goddesses. And the whole thing is pretty much an analogy, like a like a big like mirror of the Tower of Babel, to which in mythology was flipped upside down, you know, by the gods because they didn't want people climbing up to the heavens. And it wouldn't surprise me if they were the kind of people who made like a fucking weapon of mass destruction in the form of a mask that has the kind of power to do something like bring the whole moon down and then there was just the people in general of Ikana Canyon oh like where they apparently just they all just died out because like of constant war and conflict and the dead can't rest that world is fucked up and there's just so much like just underground shit whether you have to just look at it from this view read this piece of supplementary text or to this day has never been answered but there's all this mystique that makes me want to know more you see that you see that's the right way to do it i hate it when some games like have way too much unexplored lore like some rpgs because that's a little too far it's like give me the tea here i want to know but i feel like with that game and hell even the breath of the wild duology they do it just right where there's enough there's enough mystique. There's not an, an exorbitant amount. But there's enough to keep you wondering and to keep you intrigued and to keep you slowly, but surely, hitting the edge of that seat that you're sitting on right now. Just don't fall off, because that's one hell of a butt hurt. Next up is Nikki. Uh, wait, we already went with you, right, Nikki? Yeah, I already went. Okay, so I got the OBS thing again. God damn it, I hate this court. All right, so next up is technically Wasteland. Wasteland, what do you think about this question? The worlds, everything in it, and of course, uh, just the general, like, sort of um, things that you probably want in another Zelda game, as well as um, your favorite moments. I heard about the Zero. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, so I got I have the Hyrule Historia. I bought it. I studied it. I wanted to be a little bit prepared because I thought we were going to go super crazy with it. Um, but uh, I was looking at the timer because that's the only reason why I bought it in the first place. So originally, uh, all the the people that worked on the Zelda franchise, along with Miyamoto and uh uh, who else? Uh, I forget the, the, the director's name. But anyway, they all say every Zelda universe takes place in its own world and its own dimension, its own timeline, whatever you want to call it. 
And people were like, no, too many things connect, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So either they made this up later on and just connected them by themselves, or it was a master plan from the very beginning and they're geniuses. We'll never know. But there is an official timeline. And um, I think that for me is really nice. It's really cool to have a very complicated, convoluted, uh, time travel focused uh, split timeline. And that's, I actually think that's my, I have a theory that that's one of the reasons why they tried their absolute best to invest in that Wind Waker Toon Link uh, animation. Because I think what they were going to do was that they were going to have those three timelines that we currently have, or at least that we have with the Hyrule Historia, because now that we have Breath of the Wild uh, and Tears of the Kingdom, we have no clue where those lie in the timeline. Uh, if it's its own timeline, if it's part of it, if it's a, if it's if it warps the timeline, it's again because oh spoiler spoiler alert before you know I'm not even gonna say it because I don't want to spoil anything because that's a new game I won't say it but we don't know what happens to the timeline because of these two new games and that for me I love because it allows a lot a lot of speculation and and that's something I really like because I'm a writer. So even if my speculation is wrong, I can use the logic that made me get to that point in my writing material. And like cool things like the split timelines themselves, there's one where the hero fails. There's one that, then these all started with Ocarina of Time because that, that's the time travel focused on. Um, there's one where he fails and does not kill Ganon, which is the original one that he left behind. Um, where the world turns dark, there's no hero, Link's gone, Link's not even there, Link fails. There's the second one where uh, there's the adult timeline, which is called, I think, the, the timeline without a hero. Because at the end of Ocarina of Time, spoiler alert if anyone has not played Ocarina of Time, it's an old game, guys. She should have played it by now. Um, at the end of the game, she sends Link back to the past so that he can enjoy his childhood, which is stupid as hell if, if, if you ask me. Like, that's one of the dumbest things I've always hated. Like, like oh, uh, you were forced to grow up too fast. Uh, I'm going to have you enjoy being a kid. It's like, no, when you force someone to grow up fast, they're grown up. That's it. So just treat them like an adult and move on. But whatever. So um, she gets sent back, and that makes the three timelines. The one where he's not there, the one where he was sent back, and he gets to enjoy his childhood in quotations. And then there's the one where... Zelda is there by herself with no link. And uh, all the all the games that come from all those timelines are are all really cool and you can theorize the connections and the Hyrule Historia is there to help you with those connections and everything. Like uh it, here's a fun fact. Did you know that uh in Ocarina of Time, uh Sheik when when Zelda became Sheik uh, she did it of her own volition, and she trained, and she's a badass. 
by by her own volition and she waited seven years for him she didn't just like be like oh you know you know he's never coming back whatever she knew he was going to come back but she waited those seven years and uh it's more stuff like that that really gets the zelda fans hyped up and that is the answer to my question all right so i i think this is the end of this podcast um it was a, a lot of great answers great questions from everyone across the board so once again i want to thank the people for coming out um we need to do more, like more just we need to do like more nintendo stuff in the future i, I think that'd be an interesting sort of topic of conversation if we get to like metroid or any of the others um so we're gonna sign your emblem one when I don't know. I have no idea about Fire Emblem, so yeah, I, I would like to do maybe one about Bayonetta as well, so that could be in the cards, yeah. you know, since that is... I know Rad, Rad would probably want to join the Fire Emblem one. Yeah, it's it, as long as people sort of know what they're talking about with it, I, I don't mind hosting it, just as long as I can make some questions, it'd be all good. Same for, you know, Mario or any of the other Nintendo franchises out there. I mean... That would be appropriate considering Wonder is coming out pretty soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I keep forgetting that's coming out when uh, everyone's going to be broke because the year of gaming. Great. Uh, but we're signing out. Uh, I'm going to do outros. Drill, I want you to go first. Right. You can find me at drillbit777 on Twitter. That's really where I'm only active at at the moment. What about you, Icy? What is your social medias? Uh, you can follow me at Icy Boat on Twitter. Otherwise, uh, I'm Icy Boat Trucker and everything else, pretty much. <laughs> Justin, what about you? Y'all can find me on Twitch and YouTube at Inferno Dragon three four three, and on Twitter, not X. That just sounds like a real spiteful X. Something that I'm sure Elon knows quite well about. <laughs> Yeah, it just sounds like the worst name for the worst name for a website of all time. Just you can find me on there at Inferno Dragon 3D because this shit ain't brand X. I agree. WAP X WAP, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Stropping Young Lady Gaming GMG at the end. Um, you can also find me if you're into metal. I play death, doom, black metal, goth metal, whatever melodic death metal you want to hear on Metal Devastation Radio Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, Eastern time. Um, you can also find me on YouTube, Strapping Young Lady uh, Gaming, where I will be uploading some interesting uh, videos here and there. Uh, or you can also find me floating in the clouds. I'm really here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. You can, right. you can find me on X because fuck the name of this website at rentoperative underscore. You can find me now on TikTok at uh, rentoperative underscore, which I've been uploading a couple of clips there and has been quite enjoyable. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative and of course Twitch at Renegade underscore operative. Um, tomorrow's virtual fighter so i'm going to immediately jump into that podcast uh and upload this one hopefully tonight so it should be a fun time fun experience no alcohol required uh wasteland where can we find you on social media my friend 
those those ear pods are just banging in there. Just give it a minute. Any minute now. I I would say panic, fear, and. That is so unprofessional. I am so sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was <yeah>, fine. Are you? <laughs> I have one. I'm you, you can find me on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Instagram, Mastodon, Tumblr. Uh, I have a podcast called Wasteland Party. It's misspelled because that's how dumb I am. Uh, you can find me on Good Pods. Uh, I have fresh upload clips to TikTok and YouTube. And that's uh, Wasteland Party, W-O-Y. S T E L A N. Uh, let's talk about other worlds and better games and movies from them. All right, and we're going to sign off for this podcast. Uh, Legend of Zelda episodic discussion wrapped. Pretty fun, interesting time. Like I said, when we think about more Nintendo uh, things to talk about in the future, since this was fun, I will definitely put that on the radar for people. So this is the Infinite Ammo Syndicate signing out. Hopefully you guys have a good night. And once again, take care of yourselves. Later. And good night, everyone. Bye. Don't oh, take later. care. Don't get beat up by old women in Hyrule, please. Hey, yo. <laughs> you don't want to cross my path. Oh, okay. Oddly specific. Nikki's like 50 years old. We're fighting, okay. <laughs> I am not <laughs> Madame Bell here. You're not putting me through a table. <laughs> By God, someone stop the damn match. Stop the damn match. <laughs> <laughs>